Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, December 9th, 2021. This is a Twitter space entitled The Future of Kujira, hosted by C5 with Team Kujira. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to wait a bit for folks from Team Kujira to arrive. Um, we've got a few minutes, so I'm just uh, getting things sort of set up here, give the folks a chance to join. For the purposes of this discussion, uh, I'm going to assume a lot of folks know a little bit about what Kajira does already. If you don't, I'd probably hop onto their web app, maybe follow along. Their address is, let me pull that up, it's orca, O-R-C-A dot Kujira dot app. So uh, if you have not seen their app or reviewed what it does or used it, this will give you a chance to sort of understand what it is while we're waiting here. Um, we've got about f- five minutes, actually. Might as well just like briefly describe what it does. Basically, Kajira's Orca app is one among future apps that they're going to create. And the function of this particular app is to allow you to participate in uh, getting discounts on leverage liquidations off of Anchor Protocol. So if you've borrowed off Anchor Protocol and you've seen your loan-to-value ratio hit higher than 60%, you know that you'll get liquidated. And um, the purpose of the um, Kajira app is to allow you to get uh, those liquidations at a discount for you as the user of Kajira and a premium for the user of the Anchor protocol, meaning you don't really want to get liquidated on Anchor because you're not just paying to sell off your Luna at that moment at a low price. You're actually losing your Luna at a discounted price or a premium in your case. And uh, uh, so it's not beneficial to you in the sense of getting liquidated, but Kajira helps your liquidations come in at a uh, not as bad of a discount. So it actually helps you if you're about to get liquidated because there's people that are willing to buy your um, Luna at a price that's not too bad of a discount. On the flip side, Kajira is a great place to be able to put in some orders to buy some dips in Luna. Um, <clears throat> that's a brief rundown. You'll get a better sense of how Kajira works if you just kind of play with their app. But basically, you get bonded Luna in return for UST is the long story short of it. And um, we'll wait for uh, the team to come in here in a bit. Um, we have a few minutes. If anyone has any just rudimentary questions about uh, Kajiro, 
while we're waiting to get them in, uh, feel free to ask for a speaker here. Let me add one person here. It's uh, Dead Right Dove. And um, I'm going to try to make the discussion today a little bit more um, in depth. So I don't want to get too, too newbie with this discussion because it's hard to get teams on. And um, I'd like to be able to share ideas for their protocol and such in terms of future development and not waste their uh, waste their time. But let's see here. And uh, Dead Rights actually with Kajira. We have CryptoSlang with Kajira here. Uh, hey, guys. Good hey, morning. Hey, hey, good morning. How are you doing? Um, good, good. Did you happen to catch that little brief intro I started while you guys are coming on? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, one of us may have. I, 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 I caught some of it, yeah. But Okay, well, anyway, I was just talking briefly about what Kajira does and I didn't really want to dominate uh, this discussion with like more pure newbie discussions as far as like what Kujira is and does. I sort of directed folks to the app to sort of start investigating what it's all about and uh, briefly just described that the purpose of the the initial app, which is Orca, is primarily to um, allow people to participate in anchor loan liquidations and essentially try to get Luna at a lower price. Um, or bonded loan, I should say, at a lower price than what you would pay if you um, uh, if you were to simply just go out and buy it outright. Yeah, exactly. And bonded ETH, just because that's prop that's something oh. that I think could be interesting to 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 chat about. Yeah, because um, yeah, that there might be some cool cool stuff around that. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I always forget the ETH part because I don't, <laughs> don't participate as much in it, so there's a tendency for me to ignore that component. No, exactly. Uh, but a lot of people do, and um, yeah, I, I, I think because of that, um, it's probably something. I mean, it's, it's certainly something we're working on as a team, um, even just in terms of UX and design. And but there's another component, just the the awareness component. So yeah, I think I think that could be something cool to kind of touch on. I know it's not technical as such, but yeah, it's I think it's something important to to sort of hash out. Maybe uh, maybe you guys could start out uh, by uh, so we don't end up uh, uh, talking about things that you're sort of already sort of have in the works. But maybe you can start out by describing what are some of the sort of future directions and maybe dApps that you're trying to create for uh, Kajira as if you have the ability to kind of release some of that info at least. Yeah, definitely. So I think probably importantly to to begin with it probably important just to say that you know i think it's safe to say orca is going to be it'll it kind of always be a, be our flagship product right it's always going to be front and center just because of i think how important it is for for the ecosystem and the users but um beluga is is out we're not we're not making too much of a song and dance about it just yet because we have some really cool features that we want to add to it um and then i think we're going to shout about that a bit more you know that's the one where you can send multiple transactions all together um at the surface that seems like oh, okay that's you know that's quite a neat idea and it isn't on terra and people probably think like yeah that's th that's kind of a decent utility but i think if we if we think a bit further and we think about the possibilities around that um probably i mean almost definitely that that could go full DAO and really be something very powerful. It could um it, it it could it could turn into a complete payment system, for example, like a complete payroll system. 
Uh-huh. It can certainly um, it can certainly help spark up um, sort of many groups of investors that until now have been probably shunned because it's it's quite hard, you know, to actually band together. Um, it, it's pretty hard to distribute funds. So even even that hurdle, I know that um, even in our process, you know, there's some really really good good investors out there, but they still battle a little bit they 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 often ask for softs to be signed individually which you know is is quite a lot for for teams to do you know you can imagine you signing whatever it is 20 soft agreements and then a team comes along with another 20 just on their own so you know i think i think that's pretty cool the idea that this technology again with this whole idea you know it's kind of we always try to bring it back to our ethos like everyone deserves to be a whale um but I think that Beluga on its own is is something that could be very exciting. I mean, I don't know how much we want to give away now, but we're going to be making some pretty significant updates to that. And I think it's going to become pretty clear what um, what could be done with that. And especially now that we have governance, you know, it, it's pretty cool because people can also give us their opinion. We could have some key votes around certain certain things. Um, and then, yeah, as far as, as far as other apps go, look, we've got, there, there, there really is so much, you know, like Terra is actually pretty new, which is, which is amazing. Right. I mean, I know, I know they've been around since 2019, but I think we could probably all agree that the kind of explosion of real, um, services and products that are being built on top of it is really happening now. Right. Um, so for us, I think it's important. We just try to listen to the community and and see what people need. Um, I don't mean to sound make that sound yeah, wishy-washy. And yeah, on that on that <laughs> front, like that was sort of what I was uh, this uh, discussion I was uh, trying to uh, get you guys on for. You know, I sort of see like a, a variety of groups of users. Uh, I think you have the folks, many of whom are probably in this room, who are more the like DJN style folks who are basically looking for um, more utility for their uh, Luna. Yeah. Excuse me one minute. I've no got worries. kind of a beeping going on for a second here. <laughs> no worries. Maybe while that's going on, just to, to add um, there what we you go. were saying there, Dave. Sorry, <clears throat> I just jumped in there and stole the mic. Go for um, it. I just wanted to to ex- extend on what Dave said there too. Um, you know, with Orca being our, our flagship product, um, at the moment we, we're working really hard on um, just in- increasing our, our analytics that, that we give to users because we – we think it's going to be a, a huge bonus to people to to have like really detailed analytics of what's happening, what's happening, and what has happened in the liquidations, so that they can get a better idea of how to how to use the product and you know manage their their money a bit better. Yeah, yeah the, no, the analytics are certainly uh, beautiful and uh, they they make a lot of sense. Um, sorry, I, I I had a little. You know, someone come in the door and <laughs> no make alarm go off. No, uh, let me mention uh, what I was going to say is uh, so I, I see for uh, a, a groups of people that are likely to use uh, uh, Terra. And that's one is the people that are in the background, like people in this room who like to use all the different features like Luna, Bonded Luna, um, who like to basically borrow off their Luna and are looking for essentially auto compounding and other sort of automated rewards. Then I see folks who are, um, you know, the uh, people, you know, like you were mentioning in, in multi-sig situations, businesses, 
um, those type of folks who might end up using these things. And, um, uh, you know, I, I sort of divide. Um, and then there's, of course, you know, complete normies that are going to be on uh, neobanks and other apps where they just need a, you know, smart contract that they can enter into sort of even without even knowing they're in crypto and they're achieving benefits. Um, so in, in the first two groups, you know, I think if you look at uh, first the, the consumer group that is using Terra now, like let's say people in this room, um, you have folks who you really like to utilize the AUST, you know, anchor yield system. And then you have folks who are in Luna who want price appreciation, who want utility for their Luna and therefore are borrowing off of it, they're auto compounding. So, you know, I think uh, if you look at Stater's release recently and what's happening with Prism and such, there's a lot of attention being paid to ultimately yield redirection uh, in the form of, you know, taking AUST output, for example, on Pylon Gateway and, um, you know, either dollar cost averaging or like buying into IDOs as everyone's tried that. Um, then you have things like Luna X now where you have the ability to um, ultimately, you know, what you're doing there is you're basically DCAing into Luna using your rewards off your own Luna, right? Um, but as time goes on here, I think the, my, my vision would be that dApps like Kujira would allow me to take yield from things that I've already earned in a fairly risk-free way and essentially fill order books such that like I could basically automate the placement of orders on Kajira, maybe across a spectrum of discounted rates. And like, you know, if I get lucky on Kajira, I, I, I end up buying dips for a discount, but I don't even have to push any buttons anymore. Like you just, you know, maybe deposit Luna or bonded Luna on your platform. And then, you know, the, the yield just sort of magically goes where it belongs. Almost like, I guess, you know, maybe it's like some vaults or something. Uh, does, does any of that make sense to you guys? Yeah, it does totally. And it's a pretty good segue into something that we were chatting about earlier. So I think for now, like to, to just explain to a few people, because I don't think it's immediately clear. And, and I mean, why would it be um, at the moment? So as it stands, the anchor contract, which is the very thing that, you know, we, we interface um, at the moment, it literally only allows UST to, de to be deposited. That is just like a, a hard and fast thing. Um, that's not to say it can't change. Uh, I mean, we, we chat literally every day to the guys at Anchor. We have a great relationship. Um, and there's so much that can be done. But what, just, just for, 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 the, for the very present, just to explain how it works, that contract is written in such a way that literal UST needs to be deposited. And then... You can, as you've seen on Orca, you can you can kind of get these premiums when the liquidations happen. Now, there's a there's there's a few interesting things, and that's the that's a smart contract specific to the liquidations, correct? Exactly that that is yeah. the, li the 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 liquidation queue or the liquidation contract. Um, it, it obviously had a massive massive overhaul from before, which I know we spoke about that before, but just in case. Just very briefly, before it was first come, first serve, which basically meant that it was only bots that could get there because no no human is going to be faster than, than a machine, right? So these bots were picking up uh, 30%. Well, they were just going for max premiums. And uh, there were literally five, I believe, only five bots in the network, you can imagine. I've got some stats in front of me. The 4th of December, which was not even that big a dip, right? 
there were $15.8 million worth of bids filled on Orca. Those would have gone essentially to five people's back pockets. Um, mm. So the, 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 that, the, that, and that's really down. Obviously, we've built Orca on top of this contract, but the fact remains is that really is down to this new contract. Um, we kind of worked alongside Anchor on it, and we kind of consulted a bit with them, and then we went off and worked together. So anyway, it takes us to the present day. So that is a massive overhaul of that contract already. You know, it was many, many months of work and audits and all the rest of it. And yeah, at the moment, it's UST in, but that's not at all to say that that can't change. And you talk about the automated strategies. One other stumbling But you block, could, you could yeah. theoretically, uh, I guess, have a UST de- deposit that you deposit on anchor and then take the yield that's earned that accumulates right so then you could then convert that to ust and then like, yeah you would have to create we, we'd, you'd have to create yeah, a mechanism yeah we'd, well we'd probably if we if we wanted to do that we'd probably have to match um we'd have to match every dollar that came in on our end right so mm-hmm. s- something to that effect because at the end of the day you the ust has to go in and it's locked and the other, the other issue, and I, and I say issue, obviously you can't see me putting little <laughs> signs up in the air, but um, the other issue is the 10-minute the window before you bid. Now, that is by design. That is so that bots can't come in. You can imagine as the market's crashing, right. uh, they, would, they would just float, they would just swim around and just snipe the, the most ideal scenarios and, and you know, everyone else would kind of get rinsed. So it's a very, it's very clever design, but it does leave us with a little bit of a conundrum. It's like, how do we... How can we do the smart moving around of funds when when there's a 10-minute window, which is a lot, right? Like especially um, – I don't know if most people realize this, but we, we've seen that it's about a half an hour window. 30 minutes is the last few crashes we've seen and based on the data we've collected. 30 minutes is pretty much when it goes from like hero all the way to zero. So you right. can imagine, you know – is with that 10 minute bid window in there you can imagine it doesn't leave a lot of time for any any smart system no matter how smart it is to be going going and grabbing funds and you know moving it around and taking it out of the anchor yield and sticking it into orca and right yeah so, so, no I, and yeah, i'm not yeah. suggesting necessarily you have to have like a you know a ninja sniping bot created for everybody i was saying more yeah. like uh, a simple way to so I'll give an example. Like, so if I borrow off of my um, Luna on Anchor in order to participate in anything, I'm always yeah. looking at the whatever opportunity cost to borrow there might be. The most straightforward way right now, at least, would to to utilize um, my UST that I borrow is generally to just like you could park it on Earn. You could use Nexus to park it on Earn, which is a similar concept. Um, and that's so that's one way to use your money. My thought is I would be much more apt to use Kujira more frequently if I knew that my UST was at least earning the 20% base rate. That's sort of what White Whale's going to do with their ARBOTS uh, like program. Their concept was to make AUST or the base yield when you plug in your UST. And then any arbitrage opportunities that they provide for you, you're getting that on top of 20%. So you're you're not really sacrificing the base 20 percent uh yeah yeah rate and then with kajira my 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 theory was well like what would i want to see happen i like i don't necessarily need to ninja every single uh, dip although that would be kind of cool but the if for example even every 
oh, I don't know, let's say every six hours or something, the, the output for my AUST that's parked there automatically builds on my bids, you know, like they, it just adds to a series of bids. Um, then, you know, it would be an automated way to sort of just leave money there. I don't have to, I can just fire and forget it and hope that I'm yeah. getting better. So in other words, it's just another dollar cost averaging into Luna is what it ends up being. Um, totally, man. Because you have no guarantee you're going to get a lower price than had you bought Luna at spot, right? Because Luna could go up in value, then drop. Yeah, right? yeah, so exactly. So it's just basically, it's another type of DCA in a sense. Um, yeah. And maybe so, it's not any better than DCA. I'm not sure. I just, this is just in my head. No, no, that's, it's around. super, super interesting. So there's a few things that um, I think are going to become apparent um, when we've, when we've built out this new analytics right now, they're, they're very basic. Um, obviously we wanted to get the, the, the core functionality down, but I think what you're going to be able to see when people see these analytics is that it's, it's far you, you will, I mean, I can say this with certainty. I'm not saying this is financial advice, but what I can say is that based on hard data, you know, fine, like absolute data that we have, you will earn more bidding on Orca than you would in earn or, or, or I don't, I don't want to say any of the other strategies, but I think once I think this is kind of the missing piece of the puzzle. I think once people actually see, you know, right now it feels weird. I totally get it. It's like I have all this UST. I don't want to just I'm just leaving it there. It's like on this nine percent, you know, blue bar. Like I don't know what's going to happen. But aside from all the automated stuff, I think that what people are going to see is that like wow, okay, this this has happened. Here's some data. This is pretty much it's pretty much going to show you exactly how to make money on on Orca and pretty much what you could stand to make. And the numbers that we are seeing are, are really, I, I want to say encouraging. It's not encouraging for people to get liquidated, but encouraging that people can make, you know, make this back. I mean, you, you need four, four or 5% liquidations in order to get your 20% that you would have got on Anchor Earn. I mean, Anchor Earn is great. That's a great right. strategy, but right. that that's something to, I mean, to think that the three, um, sorry, twenty one percent. Come to think of it, so um, that's that's I think something that when people see that in front of them, they're going, "Wait, hang on." Um, I mean, and these these liquidations happen a lot more regularly than you might think. Okay, five percent. You need a, a, a relatively. I don't even want to say big. You need like a a, a dip, um, a, a relatively significant dip. But if you think about the dip that just happened, that was I, I mean, just very roughly. You know, things are probably going down. 10 to 15 percent i think we all know that you know a real dip is, is 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 quite a bit harder than that but this is where it gets interesting you know you're going to see hang on four four times in a whole year at five percent and i'm at 21 percent like that's that's pretty interesting right like right so, yeah so i think um yeah that that's kind of one of the points that i that that we wanted to just drum home is that we we do believe that once people see the potential here, it, it is going to. I mean, I'm sure everyone's already seen just how many people are making pretty pretty crazy gains, like nine nine even nine ten percent on ETH, even which is which is pretty amazing. But I think, yeah. So so that's that point. But then from your side, I I saw so what you you're, what, you're saying, yeah. what you're saying is you can do obviously very well just using Kajira. Period. Forget about necessarily like do anything particularly fancy with it. Um, exactly. So Rinse and repeat like, your five percent pool, give or take, and you are, you, you know, you're, yeah. You're if you make a five percent gain um, on the cheaper uh, Luna buy, you probably are making off like a bandit either way to some extent. 
whether or not you're making something on the money that's parked there. I I just look at it from the angle that I have. um, I think it depends on the size too. Like if, uh, if I have a lot of UST uh, waiting, right. Like that I'm borrowing, you know, the idea that it's capital efficient earning while it's sitting there would be like in my mind optimal, but, and, or, or not even that, but let's say I'm not that interested. Like I don't want to necessarily be in a situation where I'm, let's say, buying Luna on money that I um, otherwise might need to pay back my own anchor loan, right? Like, so the benefit of having like the yield off of UST going into contracts is perhaps attractive to those that are a bit more like risk averse. Yeah, I I agree. Does that make sense? Like, that's the way I'm looking at it. No, I, I, and I love that. And and that's certainly going to be something. And Brett, did you want to um, chip in there? I was just going to say there that um, it might also change people's strategies, right? If if Anchor were to say, okay, let's enable deposits of AUST into this liquidation contract. People might be sitting with a whole bunch of money that's earning interest on, on Anchor. And then they go, well, I can stick it into, into Orca, but then are they all going to stick that into a really low pool? So it's sort of guaranteed to get hit and then we maybe end up with this sort of giant wall of of bids in really low pools mm. so yeah the, it, it might change people's mindsets if these things happen whereas <clears throat> excuse me we you know jumping back to the analytics again that's kind of what we want to show people that your money is kind of working where it appears like it's maybe not because it's sitting in a pool yeah. yeah, and I think I think uh, over time, though, the more utilization of Orca, like if you have more utilization of Orca than you do of, um, you know, the amount of liquidations, then proportionally, you should see the discounts that you're capable of getting ultimately will end up declining, I would think. You know, because you're just going to have people going towards closer to three or 4% discount rates if you have, you know, because people are always going to try to front run somebody else, right? It's worth yeah. Some- yeah, that's a point. And I think, but like what, what Brett was saying there, um, and I, this is something we, we really wanted to talk to you about, because I know you've mentioned AUST a few times. And um, that's, you know, that's kind of was our thinking. We got really excited about it today. And we were like, yeah, this is cool. And, you know, it's a no brainer. But yeah, as Brett says there, be interesting to hear your thoughts on, on, you know, if people are just building a giant wall at one percent then right oh you know, you know that so that, yeah. that brings me to a different type of vault strategy that i was going to mention yeah so like right now the average person hops on there and they don't know what to do with the percentages and they're not really sure um you know what they should do like there's not necessarily like a recommended strategy or anything like that you just have to sort of think it through on your own and if you're new to it you just don't may not understand the analytics that are in the background you just may not understand what a good percentage rate would be. Like, for example, I threw some money on Kajira, like, a, a, I think it was a, you know, a couple of weeks back or something. And I, I think I put in like a 4% bid or something because um, I figured that would be a pretty decent discount. And then everyone like got like 10% discount. <laughs> Shit, you know, <laughs> whoops. I got, no, no, right? yeah. And, it's, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, which is, which is fine. But, you know, I, you know, I was thinking about how I might like personally, consider doing bids in there depending on how conservative i want to be so you know i was looking at it and i was thinking about this how i do other bidding on things you know and i typically do sort of like a logarithmic scale like you know you know process where i might say okay let's put 
you know, and this is not financial advice, but like this is just like <laughs> just thinking out loud how I might design a vault if it was me. And I might say, okay, well, I'm comfortable at the 4% discount to throw a thousand, you know, dollar order in. And, you know, at a 5% discount, I'm comfortable with putting in like a, let's say a $2,000 order in and a 6% discount, a $4,000 bid in. And just sort of going doubling that as I go up, because the deeper the discount is, the more like more capital I want to allocate to that dip in a sense. So, but the more you do that, you know, the, the, the less likely you're going to hit like a 10% bid versus a 4%. So that's yeah. where, to me, it makes sense that my UST is earning something. When you have that kind of scale, you would then want to have your UST be, that's when it becomes even more uh, of a factor. So the way yeah. I would envision it is sort of like there's a vault available, like, you know, an aggressive vault or I don't know, name them whatever you want. But like yeah. you have a series of like preset vaults and you just throw UST at it. And in the background, the smart contract sort of does it for you. And imagine yeah. like th- there's another thing I was sort of imagining in my head, too. So let's say, for example, you know, B Luna pops out of this uh, like project. You know, you, the whole point of Kujira is you're going to get somebody's B Luna, right? What if the, the bonded Luna you just got is now also earning output? And it's filling the vault so that that ultimately ends up becoming a pool for me to just automate more orders. Yeah. So, so you're just perpetually just sort of like filling the order book with, you know, uh, uh, yield that you're getting either off your AUST or off the bonded that you've already earned. That gets kind of yeah. weird, right? So in other words, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Kind of, you're creating essentially perpetual participation where you don't even leave the Kajira system in a sense. It's just like compounding you know, day after day, you just, you don't have to do shit. <laughs> like that's kind of yeah, my, man. my concept no, it's, in my head. It's brilliant. Yeah, I love it. And it's very in line with something that James, um, who's, who's, who's our lead dev, um, <clears throat> was, was we, we spoke about this a while back, and this is definitely a direction we'll go. So if, we, if we're not talking purely about, you know, if we put the sort of earning uh, interest-ish stuff just to one side for a second, this idea that we can take – um, funds and and manage it across the spread and actually base that on data, you know, rather than even just someone trying to think of a good strategy. We can we can literally base it on on all the analytics that we've got and all the data that we've collected. And yeah, you know, cleverly that that is one hundred percent on the cards, you know. So the good news is that's that's going to be a given. You you know, we we might still offer people we, we need to think about this. It would be a really nice um, utility for the Kuji token, of course. I think. If we're going to offer something like that, I would say it's only fair that, you know, we, we say to people, look, you know, you, you need to lock up X amount um, because that really is going to be like, here, take take my UST and go just go off and make a bunch of a bunch of returns on it. So that's that, that's a really great point, man. And um, it's certainly and, you know, something and that the, we'll be doing. The, yeah. the conceptually, when it comes off of yields you've already earned, you know, like you're the risk to a newbie who doesn't know what they're doing is really low, right? That's True, the yeah. other thing. That's the other thing I like about, you know, Terra is the the use of, you know, yields and, and systems could essentially, you know, create a relatively safe environment for someone who has no idea what they're doing. So I, I just think of it from this perspective. I have a, like, you know, a family member who has no idea what to buy and when, right? This is standard. Yeah. Deal. And then you yeah. know, I, I tell them, hey, you know, like you might want to go participate in this Kujira pool. You know, you throw your UST in it and, you know, like it starts netting you some Luna over time or whatever. But I think you'll be, you know, you might be happy with the fact that you're getting, uh, you know, relatively risk-free investing, with, you know, off your UST, and you're then, 
you know, optimizing the buys and you're getting, you know, Luna rich. So <laughs> the other thing, yeah, the, other, the other global vision for the Terra ecosystem I foresee there is, you know, there's a discussion always about like the use of UST and locking it up and, you know, making that cause Luna to burn. And, you know, obviously all the tokenomics there, everyone understands. But, you know, my sensibility is the people in the background, like people in this room, really are heavy, Luna heavy, not necessarily UST heavy, right? I bet, I bet most of the people here are like, uh, have majority of their portfolio in Luna, if, if, if not, uh, as opposed to UST on Anchor, um, which totally. I consider like the more, the, the newbie or safe play sort of, but. Yeah, um, like a I savings vault, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, but I, I, sure. exactly, saving, but it's, that tends to be folks that are sort of, you know, newer and, you know, are worried about their Luna exposure or something. Totally. So I, I, the way I kind of foresee it is these types of programs where you end up creating like vaults, what they end up doing is they end up locking up more and more Luna because it's so lucrative to just stay in Luna that you don't have a good reason to get out of it. And the more of those that each DAP um, has, whether it's both UST and simultaneous Luna lockups, then that actually will drive the price of Luna up to infinity quicker. Yeah, you know, that's the <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's yeah. The simplicity and ease of use is what like I've been trying to achieve out of as many protocols as possible. Yeah. I really enjoy that, man. And you know what? Um, it actually just makes me think. I mean, we're always looking for ways to partner um, with other protocols. And and actually, that would be a perfect use case, right? Like, so whether it's Prism or, you know, it, it, we speak to all of them all the time. And that's that's the truth. Like, we're always, you know, whether it's Nexus, White Whale, the Prism guys, like, um, we're always looking for ways that we can we can partner up. And I think that that could be really interesting. Imagine some kind of crossover where, you know, Perhaps you depositing into one vault, and actually in the background, you know, it's 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 going off and doing some stuff on Orca. Um, that could that to me could be super exciting, and so yeah, and I think yeah, that plays the, into the what other, you're saying. Yeah, the, the other element of like a deposit system where you're depositing either Luna, bonded Luna, or um, whatever you know, whatever yield bearing asset. The the benefit of redirecting that too is you could say, well, you know, one percent of the 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 yield output is going to like buy back Kuji token or something. Yeah, right? yeah. So you, you could basically create a charge for this sort of service in the background in some manner and like bring oh, bring benefit to the token holder too. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's it's it is important to remember that. I mean, I know it's in the tokenomics and stuff, but I think we we do have um, totally agree. We need we need the exposure. We need th those ideas earning. Um, getting a spread in, in Orca off a yield is amazing. Like that's that's brilliant. You know, we will we will certainly go um, go go for that one hundred percent. But it, it is pretty cool that I think we do have a, a pretty good financial model as it is. I, I don't think people quite realize. You know, one percent as a liquidator and 0.5 on these withdrawals is pretty significant. So that's another thing. You know, I wanted to bring up that. Who knows? Like we've we've got those sitting in a vault, and uh, well, not a vault. It's just a wallet for now. But it could be anything, you know. And this could even be decided by the community. So there is going to be a little bit like Luna. Um, there is there is a way to 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 potentially have have a concept that um, this Kuji is kind of being locked up, and if we get if we get we get withdrawal fees in B Luna, B ETH, and Kuji, of course. So, you know, you can imagine there's a lot of potential there because we have all these assets just building up. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, I someone was... like you might have some good ideas around, you know, what do we do with this? Because it's pretty significant as it builds up. 
I was and really it, thinking yeah. I, this. I was I was talking to you know uh, Joe and uh, Jose uh, like last week or something, and this kind of came up. And one of those is the use of like Luna itself is as basically one of the better potential sort of like uh, treasury assets or you know or protocol owned liquidity, whatever you want to call it. It's basically the same thing. But yeah. Imagine as a treasury asset, so you're accumulating Luna in the background. And that Luna's output could be used to say, um, like the UST output from that could be used to say buy more Kajira token or, you know, or whatever, right? Like so exactly. you, could, you, could create, you could create sort of like a base treasury that like irrespective of what's happening in the actual Kajira ecosystem is like providing another revenue stream ultimately. Exactly. And, and exactly. And so it's, it's providing a revenue stream, but it's also basically locking up um, all this Kuji, right? So um, I think that that is pretty exciting for both, you know, the, the kind of the, the Terra ecosystem, but also our own little ecosystem, which, you know, because that's how we kind of view it. It's we, we, we sort of have like a little ecosystem within the ecosystem. Um, so yeah, that, that, that is exactly how we'd approach it. So yeah, we'd be open to all sorts of ideas from, you know, from you and the community as to, as to how we do that. And, and again, that's, as I say, that's why we sort of brought up the governance thing. It's a, it's a large part of it because, um, you know, we, 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 we sort of thought, Oh, we have a bit of a conundrum, right? Like we, we, we are just, it's sort of strange as well because we build up all these massive reserves in the downturns, which is pretty unique as well. Right. It's, it's kind of a strange one. Like when, when everything's crashing, it's like, this vault or whatever, this Kujira machine, that's when it starts humming. So um, I think that's kind of interesting too. Um, so yeah, I think it, it would be really good to, to to put some heads together and 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 hear from everyone. Um, Maybe we should ideas. take I mean, a, even, yeah yeah. Well, yeah. we take a minute and grab a couple of questions. Uh, yeah, so totally. we can kind of get through a few of the people in this queue here. I I think a few of the folks are your team. Let me grab uh, Ian T was sort of waiting here. Um, no that, and, and let's try everybody to try to stay on topic to what we're actually talking about instead of just like a general Luna QA or something. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not waste everyone's time. But yeah, ENT, go ahead. Are you there? Been there. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I have multiple questions. I'll, I'll start with the first one. And if nobody else has questions, I'll ask the other ones. The first, I, the first one I want to ask is, what is usually the execution time on the Kuji, let's say, uh, pool? Uh, per let's say uh, I don't know percentage in the sense that how how long does it take for each individual percentage pool ah. to be treated? That's that's a good question. Um, James may have a more accurate answer than I could give. Um, we, we are actually dealing with a whole bunch of this data right now. Um, interestingly enough, James, are you there or are you coding away? Um, yeah, I'm actually trying to answer that question for you right now. Um, <laughs> So watch this space, I think, is the answer. We're, we're, we're working on, on compiling all this data and, and letting you drill down into it to yeah. you know, optimize your bid strategies and make sure you maximize your returns. Yeah. So um, that's the thing. Like, this is literally like we, we've, we've, I mean, our node has been, it's been spinning like crazy and we are, we've got so much amazing data. But I think just if you want a very, very, very basic answer, um, I think I mentioned it earlier. The half an hour seems to be, obviously this is not an exact science, but in the last dip on the 4th of December, it's about half an hour when most of the action happened. And the pools got up to, you know, what was it, 12%, I think? Yeah, I think 12 was was the maximum. So 
if you want just a very, very rough calculation based on that size liquidation events, you know, just take kind of 30 divided by 12 pretty much. And, you know, that's sort of your, your, your timing. It's, it's very fast. It's sort of like a few minutes per um, as it's going. Um, I know, yeah, as I say, that, that'll be an exact science when we get the date, when all the data comes up. Uh, also yeah, just but so, I think... Sorry, just, just to add that on, yeah. on a top level sort of explanation too, as soon as those, um, that collateral, those bonded assets arrive in the liquidation uh, queue, they sold off straight away. So all that money, that's why the money needs to be sitting in the liquidation contract ready to buy it. So as soon as it comes in, it's sold. As soon as a pool's empty, it goes to the next pool in the list and, and starts using all that, that money to sell. Um, so it's also going to depend on the size of the pools, how much money's there sitting waiting to, to purchase that collateral. True. Yeah, that's that's very important. So it's a mixture of the size of the pool and also the sequence with which you put an order in. So you're because you're coming like if I put an order in now and someone else puts an order in, let's say, I don't know, 12 hours from now, then I would come in in an earlier contract, essentially. Is that right? Um, no, actually, oh, no. all the all the, uh, the the UST that's sitting there, uh, all the bids are split evenly. So. The easiest way to think about it is that if 50% of the pool is used, then 50% of every single bid is used. So if you've got $1,000 sitting in there and half that pool's drained, half of your bid or bids will be, will be used. So it's not first come, first serve in terms of execution time. It just it uses the same percentage from each person. Okay, good. Yeah. Which is a great, which people. is a bot. Yeah, very important because that's why the bots don't really have any, you know, any advantage because it's like, well, if you get there first, well done, but I can come, I can come half an hour later and we all share the pool. Understood. Okay. Cool. Hopefully that gets, let me get another person. We have a lot of sort of questions coming. Let me just sort of swap to somebody else. Capricious Sage was waiting a bit. Uh, go ahead. Hey guys. Um, couple of, couple of quick quick ones uh one is just a, a functionality thing i understand the need for the um the 10 minute wait for the for the bots um but is there a way to automate the the not having to remember to go back and click the bloody button at the end because <laughs> what it ends up being is 10 minutes to wait and then two days to re remember ah crap forgot to press the bloody button <laughs> <laughs> most of the, the time <laughs> how it was for me and i generally realize after luna has crashed and everyone's going, oh, my word, did you get that 10%? I'm like, yeah, I did. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, it's a very good point. And obviously, we've seen people get caught out and we're like, oh, it just breaks our heart. But anyway, um, no, we have um, some some strategies that we're building now, which are going to be around uh, like Telegram notifications, for example. Um, yeah, James has got some pretty smart stuff on, on the go there. So, yeah, uh, safe to say that's something that we're very much focusing on. Um, you know, uh, Dev, what, one of the thoughts I had for that system, the activate system, by the way, yeah. was the concept of um, creating almost like a stop limit order type of scenario where when you when you enter that contract, you don't activate until like the price of Luna drops below a certain level first. So, for example, if Luna is seventy two dollars and, um, you know, I don't even want to start buying it until it's well below 70 bucks, let's say or let's say 68, I could basically set a 68 order in theory, and it only hits the activate when when a price, uh, the Oracle price hits below 68, and then then my like 
uh, it's not that I'm getting Luna at 68. That's just when the 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 liquidation uh, contract, uh, whatever you call it, like begins. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that, is that it a does. theoretically feasible way to do this? Or? The theoretically, unfortunately, uh, it, it's not because once when when you bid, hmm. it's sort of like the bid and the activation are sort of married, right? So they they're kind of just one one of one of this. They're, they're just two parts that need to happen. Um, it, I, I guess it's in theory you could you could bid um, you you could you, you could do that on the bid side, but you couldn't bid and then you know sort of you know yeah as I say it, it kind of has to be manual. So I, I guess that's, my that's my take is is there yeah. some way to automate the pushing of the activate button essentially so, by by this by this type of method? Yeah, so that would be super know. cool. But it, no, yeah, and it's a great great thought, and it and it's it, but unfortunately it's it's one of these things. Um, you know, like how you 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 have to click something to withdraw. You know, if it, let's say you're in an IDO and you need to go off and withdraw your actual your tokens, it's it's okay. that kind of thing. It needs to be an imprinted action on the blockchain that it's a requires contract your execution. Yeah, it's a contract ex execution, and it needs your password and all the rest of it. So, I mean, it would be fantastic if we could do that. Although, having said that, again, it would bring the bots back into play because people would just they would just write stuff that just does that, and then it think we would we would start swimming back into that territory that we were before, you know, where, where people don't have, so this little manual somewhat, I don't want to say clunky, but this requirement, um, it really does protect. Um, I guess to capricious, yeah. uh, to, to, to the, the comment, it, what I would probably like to see is just a button that simply says at least like a combo contract button that says essentially, like you know enter the contract and activate it simultaneously so that people don't forget that there's a button down the bottom like yeah. people don't even know like if depending on what browser you're on or whatnot you may not even notice that there's a thing down there you yeah know, like so no, that that's true weird. i think we need uh, yeah i think i think at least for now a first step is to just really make that super super obvious maybe even some exactly. kind of modal after yeah i think i think it probably a ux thing for now because unfortunately those steps need to be taken but yeah it's it's a very fair point and yeah stuff that we've heard before so yeah we'll we'll certainly be working on that one sage, interesting sage had one of the oh sorry go ahead yes i okay. i, I two, two two other um bits although you know i'll i'll keep my little side idea now thanks for the idea of actually having a um Having a script that monitors the the twenty four hour average of lunar and when it drops under under that by a certain amount, rather than going on a fixed dollar, I'd go percentage under the under the moving average. Then having it simulate a mouse click at a certain spot on the screen, but we'll we'll leave that idea to the side. <laughs> now, that I'm, now that I'm thinking on that, um, if I'm if, there, there was there was some discussion before on the whole using the um, UST yield and everything. It just kind of went around in circles trying to understand it. But if I'm if I could sort of summarize how I think that you guys were trying to say it is put hundred grand in, which would normally make twenty grand um, on anchor throughout the year, but have it once a week, just pull that much out of proverbial anchor and dump it automatically into a five percent bid. Is that the sort of system that you were um, thinking is a workaround for well, it needs to be UST in the contract? So just basically be automating the withdrawal from anchor, dump in the bid, and give uh, Kajira a cut of the effort. That that was my theory. That the concept that it's like going into essentially a vault, in which case there's some automations developed into the purchasing of 
your uh, your your Kajira contracts. Yeah, yeah. So, so that way it's like a risk. It, it's risk free in the sense that you're not like expending uh, UST that you haven't earned to do this potentially. Yeah. No. That I mean that that certainly makes sense. I think you would still have that that issue of needing to activate bids and stuff, but. Yeah, and look to to get all the way up to that point. Um, that that certainly seems feasible. Um, and yeah, we totally take that take that on board. There, there's definitely a lot to be done around. I think some kind of vaults and the automating of yeah, the moving of those funds anyway. Yeah, yeah so, good idea. Sorry, can I just jump in with a question real quick here regarding ahead, this and yeah. the AUST? So one thing that I'm a bit curious about is because if I understand it right to fulfill the liquidation contracts in anchor, you need UST, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So just, just bear with me here. Would it be an impossible like process or something to maybe look at with anchor if liquid, if these liquidation protocol or contracts could be filled with AUST, because if you could do that, if they could, if they could adjust to that, then we could automatically use AUST on the Kajira side. If through a governance like vote with Anchor, they would allow the bids to be filled with AUST. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah. So um, the 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 short answer is it it, it is theoretically doable on Anchor's side. Um, what we're wondering is what the game theory around around this would would then look like because we got pretty excited about this earlier on today actually and then we also thought well hang on but then the first of all there's going to be like a zillion dollars um in in orca <laughs> so like the chances of of you getting any gains are are, are now gone gone back well, in theory, right? In theory, because can you imagine how high those walls might look if, if almost every deposit in Anchor, if if everyone used it, and what if people were, you know, just building up walls at one and two percent, for example, because they're so high that they could never get chewed through? Like, I mean, it to us, it makes no real difference. I mean, if I'm being frank, like you know, we like we our protocol would still make you know the same amount of fees and you know all the rest of it. So the business case doesn't change from Kajira's side, but from the user side, it actually could change it dramatically, and it could mean that whereas you were getting these really potentially high gains, suddenly that isn't the case. So yeah, it, it's just a, it, it's um it's a it's theoretically possible. It's but- also yeah, kind of, yeah, it's the same problem with white whale in its theory too. It's the the idea that ultimately, when it comes to arbitrage and sort of these kinds of opportunities, what you end up having is you you end up becoming like victim to your own popularity in terms of like yields dropping over time. That's it. Uh, you know, that's 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 sort of to be expected to some extent, I think. And I think you just have to assume that the ecosystem at large is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger too. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. So more be, lending. It may, it may not be as bad as people think in that regard, but anyway. That's true. That's true. It, it's it's interesting. It, it's just like uh, how do people see that going? I mean, look, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure Anchor would put a limit on how much they allowed out uh, in a, a UST. I mean, that's that's probably a, a given. On a yeah. slightly different note, I wonder. You know, the Pylon Gateway folks are looking for ways to sort of like. Um, you know, modify, you know, add value to their system as well. I guess an argument could be made 
like a lot of folks go to Pylon Gateway specifically to find ways to park UST for this exact purpose, right? Like that's what they do is yeah. take your AUST yield and like divert it into some, you know, project. Um, maybe the way to do it would be like, you know, you create some Pylon Gateway vaults in a similar manner, you know, yeah. and, and that might be a way. To, and maybe like even create a lockup period for a period of time. So that benefits the Kuji token indirectly because you're bringing a lot of money that just sort of parks there. Exactly. Now you might wind up with walls that are really big, but you know, not everyone uses Pylon Gateway for this purpose. Like I tend to find it useful, but you know, I don't know how yeah. much usage it gets. That's um, true. Since and there's all the, the masters of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's all the B assets um, coming along as, as we said earlier. I mean, the, the B ETH uh, pool is sort of being criminally underused. Um, and I know, I know there's some apes in here that'll be hating me for even saying that because, you know, more people will pile in, but, uh, you know, be soul on the way, and <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> but you know, so yeah, that that, that is fair. You know, and it, you know, it could be a case of encouraging people or automatically sort of moving through the different pools. You know, be be Solana on the way, and you know, who knows? As as you said, um, Sefi, like uh, we have to run on the assumption that this is just going to keep growing and growing. So maybe it's not as much of a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. My, all, sen all, my all sensibility, my sensibility goes something like this: like the more use cases you create for Luna, the more likely that I'm going to have price appreciation of Luna, and as a result, the more likely I'm going to use my Luna to borrow off of. That's essentially what's been happening all year. So yeah, yeah. It's not to say that that's like unrealistic. That's essentially what happens. Um, and I think uh, the the use of like some of these new primitives like bonded Luna, I'm sorry, not just bonded Luna, but Luna X, um, like I want to be able to ultimately take these primitives that I have now like collected in a sense, because Luna X right now is like the most efficient way to hold Luna essentially. Yeah. Um, outs and then, you know, now they're creating the abilities to say borrow off of that, which I think is very important because I'd rather do that than use and lose my airdrops, for example. and. Um, as each of these comes about, the likelihood I'm going to ever sell my Luna starts dropping to zero by the minute, right? Like the more totally. useful the actual uh, Luna is, the less likely someone's going to want to get rid of it. And, and then you're going to, that same person is going to be one that is going to looking for more and more utility from it. Without, yeah, which borrowing comes without, up. Yeah. Without having to sell it, which is that's to lose where the, the asset, yield, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's where the yield redirection comes in. And yeah. it also avoids the problem of people having to choose between like selling various protocol tokens to buy Luna versus like using the re yield direction perhaps of their Luna to get more protocol tokens. Um, yeah. You know, cause I think people feel like, well, this is the like apex asset. I want to have the most of it. So in a deflationary environment, the biggest problem you have is that like the base token of the ecosystems become more valuable than any of the sub tokens could possibly be. And that's why you almost have to have a war chest of Luna within a protocol or eventually what will happen is people just tend to favor the base token, let's say Ethereum, over the sub tokens within that ecosystem. Um, and you see this happening to some extent on Ethereum, I think. Yeah, it's true. And actually, it, 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 does, it does bring up another point. Uh, you did, right? So exactly that. What happens is as, as Luna grows and people get more bullish, they, they do. They, I mean, borrowing is obviously something that actually increases. And, and that's... Um, that's another thing that we, we 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 try to sort of educate people on and let them know they're like, well, hey, we, we're flying, you know, Luna's Luna's going to the moon, like no one's, 
why would we get any any bids on on Kujira? And it's actually the complete opposite because of what you just said. Now, you know, as they don't want the price is is mooning, and they don't want to lose their Luna because it's valuable assets. So they borrow more. They get more bullish on borrowing, and then of course, you know, even a little bump in the road, which is normal and natural. You know, you're going to have five ten percent dips. You know, and and um, then boom, the liquidations come into play, and Orca comes into play, and yeah. So I think that's the part that. Another thing that hopefully, again, coming back to the analytics, and I think when people can see it, um, at least from an orca perspective, um, they should be able to see that, wow, actually, the people are flying close to the sun here, and uh, there's <laughs> probably more opportunity than you realize. But yeah, I, I, going back to that yield stuff, it's, it's a really it's good right. idea. And I think that vault, um, definitely, you know, that we're, that we're creating, there's a lot that can be done, for sure. Yeah, let me pull Zach up real quick. He was waiting a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was about ahead. to actually just jump in because it's 1am and I need sleep. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, first of all, um, yeah, uh, congrats, guys, on a, on a great launch. And, uh, and overall, just a really easy um, user experience. I mean, just using the app is a breeze. Um, so, yeah, Thanks, props man. to you guys for that. Yeah, um, that's all Brett. But, yeah, thank you. He's, we, we're lucky to have him. <laughs> good news. Um, <laughs> um, what I wanted to ask is um, just about how... Um, you bid on um, individual assets, whether it's BEAT or, or BETH, um, which works with two assets. But as you scale up and you start looking at multi-chain and um, possibly, well, I imagine Mirror would be looked at at some point, you know, um, actually, I don't know. Um, is, yeah, there, yeah. is there thoughts in how you can change the system to maybe like a war chest or something where you can deposit UST and, you know, maybe tick what assets you want or just do like a lucky dip and leave it to the user to swap to whatever they want later on or yeah what's what's the future for the um for scaling up I guess. that's that's a that's actually a really really good question um and i love that idea um i certainly love that idea of a kind of you know the gamification element and the lucky dip and you know like being able to spread across multiple assets i think james you'd probably have to answer just practically uh i guess as long as people are bidding and actually activating um, I assume we could do that pretty easily across both markets and, well, I don't know about chains because we don't know, we don't yet know what's going to happen. We're really working super hard on, 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 on the line of thinking that imagine you could deposit UST and then somehow earn off a completely different chain but i mean that's 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 holy grail thinking and that would be that would be in my mind just one more style of vault right like because what zach's describing is essentially my general tactic when i go and like buy a lot of different assets on let's say kucoin like what i typically do is i have like maybe 20 30 things that are running simultaneously that i start really small on and then if I see, um, like, if I have only so much capital, but like, you know, out of four things I like, if one of those things drops 20%, the other ones drop 10, you know, I have this tendency to go ahead and get the one that has the deepest discount. And um, so I tend to be more of a perpetual dip buyer. And I find that to be um, sort of like efficient as opposed to say, like some people who might be like a momentum trader. But really on with Kajira, you're basically attracting dip buyers, essentially, the people, the people, the patients to sort of sit and wait for that. And um, I think Zach's uh, vault is something precisely what I would use. I mean, that would be Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it'd be great to have like a customizable kind of war chest where you can, first of all, prioritize um, the asset. 
and then even um, suggest, you know, asset X, I want to buy at X premium. Um, and I want that at priority too. Maybe, you know, B Luna comes first, B ETH, and then maybe, um, maybe M Tesla will come third. Or maybe, you know, number four in your priority list is Lucky Dip. Whatever's been liquidated, I want in on that. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, James, I mean, in terms of, all, like, give us some thoughts on that. Like, do we think that's... Um, I, th I think what we're kind of really talking about is, is an extension of this analytics thing, which then feeds into a, a smart bid strategy, which you, you then feed your, your preferences into. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, I guess that, that looks like that. Uh, it, it's like a kind of helping hand around the uh, the interface almost. So, you know, we recommend that you pop a bid in here, or uh, or you need to top this one up in order to to meet your your, your goals. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think the, 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 the real thing I'm trying to avoid is once we have uh, a Fujita with uh, you know hundreds, what well, yeah, you know dozens of potential assets, it's uh, it becomes a bit of a pain as a user to deposit funds in each individual one. If there's a particular chair so you can customize and prioritize and it does it for you, that's you know, holy grail ideal. Yeah, man. That's wicked. Yeah. That's wicked. Yeah, the, the the holy grail for me yeah, has definitely been the ability to take like uh uh like a strategy and then make it easy for the end user to like pretty much deposit, push a button and then call it a day. And they're yeah. they're gonna they're probably gonna make some sort of like profitable buys in that, like where it's essentially not idiot proof, but you know, as close to that as you're going to get sort of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it makes sense. So the only, it would be sort of two, two clicks as opposed to one, but I mean, that's still pretty cool. Right. Like James said there and like, like Zach and you, what we're talking about here is a sort of, yeah, like a, an ETF, a strategy uh, that you can tick off, click, go, and then cool. Or, the only other requirement is the silly 10 minutes, but we'll make sure that we, <laughs> you know, we, we, yeah. we have ways to really remind you about that. But yeah, so we're talking a strategy that you create, um, you bundle it up together, you click once, and then you activate 10 minutes later. And then there we go. You, you kind of, you, you're good to go. That's, yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I guess you could even go a step beyond and make it all a lucky, lucky dip. And then program well I, I don't know technical so i don't know how difficult or impossible this is but like automate a swapping a swapping feature where you buy up whatever but then what the user sees at, at the at the end of the road is the asset that they want like maybe it buys up m tester in the back but what the user gets is b luna yeah that's that's certainly that's certainly doable that kind of um yeah swapping to your your preferred asset what we've been trying to avoid is the idea of um, just simply uh, auto selling to UST, right? Because that's that was the problem in the beginning. But what mm -hmm. you're talking about now is something a little bit different. I think I think that's pretty cool. I think I think what we want to do is avoid rage dumping Luna during a crash because it just beats her while she's down, you know. Um, yeah. And that's what Orca has, has I think successfully done now because. Because before you had five bots that were almost certainly just, they certainly, you're not going to have a bot sniping liquidations and well, probably the chances of them, you know, if, if they're making 15 million in a, in half an hour, I think it's safe to say most of them are just dumping and taking the cash, right? Whereas if you've got seven, 10, 20,000, we had seven and a half thousand unique bids 
um, roughly at the time of, of the last one on the fourth. So I think it's really cool because you've got seven and a half thousand different people that all have different strategies. Sure, some of them will sell to UST. That's fine. You know, that's expected. But a lot of them won't. A lot of them will will want Luna. A lot of them will, you know, use B-Luna. A lot of them will, you know, um, change it to something else, as you said there. So less harmful mm. less harmful uh, on Luna, which is, which is great. And, and that way, you know, it tends to bounce back quicker, which I think we saw. I mean, there was a there, there was that flash crash, you know, as as we said, Orca was humming, um, singing like a bird, and then what was it? It felt like a few hours later, it went from like thirty nine to seventy something. Something it was just like unbelievable. It almost doubled. Um, so yeah, to just to go, that's a bit of a long way around. But yeah, I think that's great. I think that's very cool, the strategy. And then, you know, just you get presented with the asset you want. That's great. So I think as long as we're not burning everything up and just giving people UST, because that just, that's, you know, that's just a particularly uh, tricky Perpet- one. To perpetuate yeah. the cycle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah but nice one, Zach. Yeah. In, in, in Orca is is that you you bring like you said you, you've changed it from just a couple of bots to thousands of of real life users, yeah, and um and that just means thousands of real life strategies. That's um, it. So I think yeah, you know, with more assets and with more ways to use um any protocol, you're bringing in more people. You're bringing in um you're opening the door more, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, man. That's how. That's certainly how we like to think about it. Let me hop on uh, Jason and then Marty next and see what questions they have. Go ahead, Jason. All right. Thanks. Hey, good morning. Um, I was just wondering, you know, you guys started with Terra, but um, someone did a little bit of Twitter sleuthing and, and saw that there might be a connection to Polkadot. And I mean, what you guys do and what, how quickly Terra bounced back on the fourth and fifth, I'm curious uh, what the future looks like for the Kuji token and uh, maybe crossing chains and, and doing this across DeFi. Yeah, man. So um, I won't mention the actual money market right now, only because we're, you know, we're, we're in talks and stuff. And I would hate to, you know, say something and then it changes. But we're talking to a very significant money market on Polkadot, and um, they are massively excited. And I think what's what's pretty cool for us, or what's amazing for us, is that we have this kind of case study, and it's hard to ignore. Um, we, we, we went to these guys, we had already, actually they came to us, which is firstly, that's amazing. That proves that, um, what anchor did, I mean, I'd like to give them the credit, you know, the, 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 the change of contracts, the change of the complete change of design of the, of a liquidation contract to not be first come first serve, you know, to allow people essentially with in tandem, a product like ours, um, to, to to um participate has been fantastic but yeah so we chatting to these guys and it's like hey you know <laughs> have a look <laughs> here's here are the stats um you know 15.8 million bids filled 600 and almost 700 be and 381 318,000 be um average price you know was 42 and then and then as you as you said now jason like Okay, that that's done. It gets spread around, and then boom! Like Luna, Luna feels pretty safe and and bounces back. So, to answer your question, it's becoming easier and easier for us to have these conversations simply because we have this amazing case study in front of us. And <laughs> it's quite funny. Obviously, we have a Telegram chat with, with with this money market, and just after the you know the the the, the liquidation events on the fourth, 
um, we were able to go back with these stats and then show them how well Luna did. And they were just like, okay, <laughs> you know, sort of drop the mic. Um, just, just, just sells itself. So yeah, it just still we, blows. Yeah. It still blows me away. I have, I have a pretty sizable account, but it still blows me away how much participation uh, Kujira gets. And what that implies is, it implies that in the background on Terra, you have a lot of people that are quite savvy uh, in terms of intellect. Because you, you like most people who are essentially idiots. I'm just sort of using that. I'm not trying to be too disparaging, but like, you know, like, like a, a total newbie or like, let's say a total, um, um, you know, normie, I should say, like is not going to be that interested in necessarily Kujira at, at the onset, right? They're not, they don't yeah. even know how to discover it. They don't even know what it is. But yeah. just the sheer volume of uh, like events on Kujira just tells me just how savvy in the background the Terra investor community actually is. And and it, and it makes sense that Luna's price is what it is as, as a result of that. Yeah, exactly. And and one other maybe follow on to that, I'm just curious if you have evidence to say that, like, does this make Terra more structurally uh, stable? And, uh, you know, vis-a-vis kind of what White Whale is doing, because it does seem like an orderly liquidation queue where the, the users of a community are the ones bidding. It, it seems like that makes uh, Terra incredibly resilient to crashes and and you know the bounce back could just be a function of you know the the kind of the wind at our backs right now with uh with luna in general but but maybe not maybe maybe it it had a, a larger than than we know uh impact from from kujira just in in liquidating i i don't know i guess maybe, yeah, maybe it, there's whales that do this elsewhere and, and they're just the ones that, that stabilize but yeah it's it's i mean it's a good point like we we couldn't stand here and say hey you know we we are the saviors of luna like um, it's impossible, but the way I think about it, and I think the way the team thinks about it is that we're a, we're just a, a very important piece of the puzzle. You know, we're not like the saviors. We're not, you know, but, but we, I think if, I don't think we could say this hard evidence, but I think if we were to say, well, look at it on paper, right? Like we said before, there's seven and a half thousand people with different strategies. That number is only going to grow, right? Um, different strategies not not i think it's pretty safe to say i think it's 99 percent chance that it's playing a very important role in the stability and aside from just the actual um the participation there's another thing that was pretty important so when there was when there was a huge crash um before i mean we'll all remember it when you know luna just died and and it was down for months and months um I think I think what's important to remember is that the community are now actually providing like the liquidity for for liquidations. It's a bit of a weird concept, but what what happened before is even TFL like it's even TFL actually ran out of of funds. They ran out of UST to actually perform liquidations, <laughs> and so <laughs> you know it's that's an important thing to remember. Like. It, it sounds a bit like, but you're, we are all like anyone that participates in these liquidations is quite literally performing a, a key role simply by having their UST bid in there, you know? Um, so yeah, that I, I would say if you combine that with what we spoke about earlier and the fact that it's more participation, I think those two elements together, the fact that you're providing liquid uh, liquidity and that there's more bid strategy. I mean, sell strategies and just strategies in general. Yeah. I think those two things mean, you know, us, white whale, 
there's going to be many. Uh, I think it's amazing guys coming along and, um, you know, providing stuff that both benefits users and makes uh, Terra more stable. I think it's awesome. We're, I think we're an important piece of the puzzle, but we're not the only one. Yeah, we're sort of we have like too many ways to get rich now. And it's kind of pathetic. <laughs> we can't figure out like how to like we we can't figure out how to you know pick the best options right now because there's so if many it, good ways. You know, it's kind of it's kind of sad. Well, imagine we get to the point like we we spoke about like a like a Jira vault and and um, you know the the idea that you can you know just a one button click one day maybe we'll just have one interface that just says take my UST and every single protocol just has exactly. A um, and it just goes off in the background. Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, just for for folks in the audience that maybe like potentially new to Terra or whatever, you know, just keep in mind like these are not kind of like you know arbitrary sort of Ponzi-nomics sort of like bullshit mechanisms that some other you know uh, like there there have been so, quite a few like you know popular protocols out there that you know um, you know claim to have like extreme you know yield-bearing strategies and this and that, and that's great. But like Terra has, I think, the more um, organic, uh, more sort of like UST product driven, revenue driven sort of system to sort of keep a more long term sustainability. Um, and I think that's becoming more and more clear, which is why more developers are building uh, here as well. And I think that like maintaining that uh, sort of like growth and developers and people coming to build on, uh, yeah. build on yeah. top of projects also is really cool. Yeah, can't agree more. Let me grab, uh, let's see, Marty was kind of waiting a bit. Let me grab him as well here. Again, congrats. Um, kind of kind of abstractly, um, if you think about Stater, they basically have two contracts that we can go into. And, you know, the context, I, I think, of some of this discussion could be viewed as additional contracts, additional ways to enter into the pool. And um, then you're going to have the, the, the decision as to how multiple contracts take the pool or take down the pool. Um, and then we're into a, like a kind of a curve situation where, you know, you, you're going to potentially have to have, you know, a DAO vote on, you know, what goes first or, you know, what the weights are, et cetera, et cetera. But that's kind of like, kind of scenario one in my discussion and scenario two which is not the opposite of that scenario is going back to cfi's desire for aust have you ever thought about are, are you familiar with um oh my gosh i'm going to forget what's the british uh unlimited partnership group um that funds a bunch of different things i can't think of the name right now i mean james may know he's he's uh he's a token brit what's on those but anyways, moving past, moving past, the example, you know, you know, what about, you know, a contract, which is, you know, based on AUST, which lets you pull the AUST, you know, basically out of, you know, a wallet or a set of wallets based on demand, kind of a whole different model there, not surpassing or usurping the current model, but kind of an additional model. So it's not Gosh, gonna be it's not gonna be thirty seconds to get that. It's gonna be hopefully less. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, James, do you have any thoughts around that? I mean, that's that's interesting, above my pay grade. Uh yeah, I think it's really interesting. 
actually feeds into what we were talking about right at the start about Beluga and about sending assets and about creating these uh, kind of self-assembling organizations now kind of combine strategies and, and uh, do that sort of thing. Um, that, that kind of way, way ahead there. I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. Forgive me. It was broken up on my end. Oh, sorry. Um, so uh, we're talking about sort of uh, community-based investment pools almost, right? Right. And, and my second scenario was kind of a, a meta Lloyd's scenario, okay? If you're familiar with Lloyd's. Uh, not, not intimately. Okay, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, if you have multiple scenarios or multiple contracts that can liquidate the pool, then you have this waiting issue. And, you know, is the waiting issue going to be determined, you know, by a DAO and voting, you know, a la curve? You know, that would be a question. doesn't have to be answered today by any means. Okay. Yeah. But it, no, it certainly yeah. introduces that subject. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think I know where you're getting at. And, and like James was saying, this could, this could actually fit into our second product Beluga when it goes like full DAO style that could easily integrate into Orca as well, of course, cause you know, we, we're the developers of both. Yeah. I mean, as you say, like that's, that's, that's massive food for thought. So yeah, thanks for bringing it up. And yeah, that's, that's certainly something that we can, that we can stew on. Thank you for your time. No worries, Marty. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think that it's the theme is I think that people are like hungry for like sort of pre-made strategies almost and that will sort of execute somewhat, I don't know, either automatically or or, or some as close to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a simple button press concept. And like people smarter than us have figured out what the actual um you know, you know, processes and, you, you know, maybe there's a series of like five different things you get into and each of them has a different sort of profile, you know, depending on how aggressive you want B Luna at that moment versus how, like, uh, how conservative you want to be with your money in terms of trying to get the lowest possible price. And yeah, and that might be the, 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 cause the most people's intuition is, is like, okay, I want either Luna now, or I want it like later at a lower price and I'm willing to potentially wait for that possibility. You're sort of, you have, that's a bearish position. So you're basically trying to, cause Kajira, if anything is trying to cater to the folks that want to take advantage of a bearish situation. And yeah, like what are the, what are the ways to sort of like accomplish that for people where it's simple and um, you know, the, and easy to understand in terms of the button they're pushing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's true. It, it it's pretty much like what you would see in the in the real world, right? Like um, some kind of ETF, anything, even even a pension, right? Where you you sort of um, you presented with, uh, am I do I want to go aggressive or do I want do I want to be moderate? Do I want to exactly. be really safe? Yeah, yeah. It's sounds like it a little slider, sense. a little yeah, slider yeah. that you know how aggressive versus how conservative, and some of that has to do also with just like what I'm, it, particularly on Terra, that's relevant because the when you're borrowing to put in that position right you wind up being a little bit more careful because you don't want to be in a situation where your your asset your collateral that you're gaining is um like dropping a lot compared to where you bought it because then you can't sell it relatively immediately to cover so yeah. this is where like to in my mind i want the more conservative buy 
in a in, in you know in the right situation so that whatever asset that I, I have so my general tendency in at large with using anchor borrow is I tend to borrow at the bottoms, not at the tops. So, you know, in other words, Kajira is not going to get me, <laughs> you know, to, in the sense yeah, that like, yeah. you're, you're unlikely to liquidate me. I'm going to be the, I typically, exactly. buy, I typically buy at the bottoms. I'm typically going to be one that's going to use Kajira and I'm going to tend to want to be buying those bottoms. That's who you're catering to. And ultimately yeah. like the, 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 like making that, uh, simpler to take that bearish stance at that moment. And uh, the, to, in my mind, the, when I want to take the most bearish stance, especially when I'm borrowing, because I want to get the deepest sort of discount I can so that my collateral hopefully, or not, yeah, or my assets that I'm buying theoretically get in the green sooner so that if I had to sell them to cover, I'm actually be able to sell that asset in the green as opposed to in the red, which is basically idiotic, right? Like it doesn't make yes. sense to lose money. So that's kind of my general strategy that um, like I deploy to the extent that I can. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool though. You know, like you, you are, as you say, you're, you're a safe borrower, which is, you know, the way people should be, but they're not. So I think it's pretty well, cool and, that and you get not, to use a tool like ours for for other people. Yeah, and sometimes you know, if you think about it, I think Donku discussed this at some point. Like, it's not always necessarily the the hundred percent right thing to be the safest borrower automatically, right? Like, there, it's not always the best yielding strategy depending on the scenario. So there are times when you're okay with taking a liquidation risk if you if like you personally feel like you know the upside is worth it. Um, uh, I'll 100%. Give, I'll give people an example of that. Like, let's say I'm doing a looping strategy where I'm basically taking, you know, I'm borrowing UST off my Luna. I buy more Luna. I reprovide that as collateral and I bring my LTV down a certain amount. Um, I think many of us have done that many times, I'm sure. And I tend to do it, especially I'm more likely to do it when the, the, the Luna bonded Luna swap rate is uh, at a discount. So I'll get more and then I'll just get the free 2% or whatever. And then I'll redeposit that as collateral. And I figure, you know, I'm getting a 2% discount anyway, whatever. Um, so I'll build that up. And then, um, uh, you know, and then when I'm, but like, if you push that to the limit, I don't push it to the extreme limit where I'm riding like a 45% LTV or whatever. Yeah. But if you did, even if you did get um, liquidated on some of your Luna, it may still turn out okay, assuming that you're in a bullish Luna market. Um, because at the end of the day, you get way more price exposure, a little bit of liquidation risk at the top of your position there, like, you know, closer to that LTV uh, max. But, you know, it may actually work out pretty good for people. It, now, I'm not, this is, again, not financial advice. Yeah, I'm NFA. DJ. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying like that sometimes could work out. Um, yeah. And uh, there, there, you want Kajira to be there because then if you are going ultra degen, you want to be liquidated at the like. Well, the, that's it. You don't want to be liquidated at a terrible premium. That's it. So ironically, even for the person flying close to the sun, like it, it's doing them a favor. And I mean, we just to just to go just on top of your point there. We, we sit with our hands in our heads sometimes. I mean, there's no doubt that there are people out there that actually like don't care if they liquidate it. I know that sounds hard to believe and, and you know, also what you just said holds true, but there are massive, there are some enormous loans that you can see people have just, and a time and time again, that are just left alone. It's, it's like, it, there's no it's other not, answer. Other what, I've they, noticed they, being, yeah. what, what I've noticed being in the space a long time, it's not automatic that, um, 
the the largest accounts are necessarily the smartest either. Some people do some really, exactly. Some people do some really stupid shit. That's one thing. <laughs> um, you know, like, you know, like seven hundred million dollar Bitcoin liquidations and whatnot, and this type of thing. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, okay, well, if they're willing to put that much on the line, like that's a really, really, really big account, and that could be peanuts to that person at that point. Exactly. And therefore, they're taking that push to sort of like. You know, like, you know, you, it's it's really d tough to say for sure what risks they really are taking just because they might look stupid on the surface, but then you might be, it's maybe us, the dumb ones, and they're actually coming out ahead in the long that's, run. That's true. That, that's that's very true. It's sort of like a, a really, you know, rich guy probably equates it to walking into a casino, right, and just looks like he's just throwing chips all over the shop. And wow, at one table, he loses, you know, 10 million, but. You know, yeah. we don't see the up. We don't see his, his yeah. other strategies. That guy yeah, makes yeah. ten million and yield like every six minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He, that's he's it. just like just want, trying to find out ways to waste their money or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, but, it's uh, pretty much like that. <laughs> you never know exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Let me get on uh, crypto ZA here uh, for a second, and then uh, cool. go ahead. Uh, sorry, I didn't hear that. Yeah, you go ahead. You want to speak? Oh no! I, I'm just here to learn. I clicked. Uh, I requested unintentionally. Sorry oh, about okay. that. Oh, okay, no problem. Let me let me take you uh, off then. All right, cool. Cheers, man. Let me get Rick on for a second. He was waiting a bit. Good morning, everyone. Well, good morning for from my side of the world. Uh, <laughs> hey, shout out to Code Hands. I think Peep Show is one of the most underrated shows ever made. So uh, <laughs> thanks for repping the Super Hands. Um, <laughs> Really love everything you guys have done. Um, I have two questions. I don't know. Apologies if uh, it's already been asked. I, I joined a little bit late, not too late. But um, will there ever be a way to to switch your bid rather than cancel your bid? Uh, or is that a contract uh, issue? Yeah, sadly, um, another a contract issue. So, yeah, it's it's, and I think, again, just, just down to this whole trying to limit the, the you know the bot effect as much as we can so yeah you know you, you, once you're in you really need to pull yourself out and go back in so right. yeah that's just, just contract yeah and then the second part of my question is is um you know if you look at kujira i mean it is a, a bearish tool um amongst a bullish community and yeah. um, most of the values locked up between you know three and let's say 10 to 14%, depending on, on the, uh, the day, uh, right now it's, uh, up to 14%. But then if you go past the 14%, you, you're pretty much looking at a barren wasteland. Um, yeah. Is there any like plan to maybe incentivize, um, going the, you know, the 25 to 30% route? Um, because, uh, you know, most of us are not going there because we don't want to, hold on to that usd doing nothing for for that amount of time because we're bullish on luna not you know going to those territories often yeah um it's 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 a super good uh, point actually rick and um see if i kind of alluded to this earlier not in, in when he said you know he he bid at four and then it, it, it sort of burnt its way all the way through to 10 and you and much like trading on an upside you go oh man you know i sold it's like it's the opposite of selling too well it's it's similar to selling too soon right but you, you have that same feeling in your gut like ah oh, sold and then it, and then it shoots up 40 percent so um what 
what we think is going to happen, um, and bear in mind, even Anchor, so both Kujira and Anchor, we, we had conversations about this earlier on, and we don't actually know how people are going to play this game. You know, it's still early. Um, the strategies that people are going, to, are going to deploy are going to differ. And I think what's going to happen, personally anyway, I'm not speaking for anyone, I think that when we see a proper crash, and I'm talking like a 30% dip, you know, um, even 30, 40, and we all know that can happen. And even, and in crypto, we also all understand that it's not really the end of the world. Like you can rebuild from there, even if it does take a little bit of time. I think that the, the relatively short answer is, I think it's going to take that first big liquidation event um, for people to almost incentivize themselves in a way. Um, I, I think it's just a case of watching, learning, Again, just coming back to our detailed analytics, um, I mean, I, I, I can't think of the numbers offhand, and I don't know what the premiums are. Perhaps Mr. Mr. Code Hans can, uh, can help me out, but there are typically about five to six pretty big liquidation events. Um, but we're combing through all this data now to try and actually get a grip on what percentages those hits. It's, a, it's actually extremely difficult to do for various reasons, but we're going to get it very, very, very close. But yeah, I guess I might be rambling, but there is no real way to say, but I have a, a strong feeling that we, you know, when that first big dip comes, nobody wants it, but like when it comes, if it comes, I mean, I think based on sort of history, it, it, there will be something. Then, yeah, I think you're going to find people are going to start tapering bids, perhaps, um, you know, leave a little bit more up there for chance and have their sort of three to four percenters ticking over um, because those t th those get hit like more than you'd think, right? I mean, if you look at, I'm just looking at Orca now in front of me. I mean, the 3% pool has been emptied 31 times. Like, you know, that's that's quite a lot considering Orca's only been online for less than a month. And bear in mind that that means emptied as in all the funds were used, and that yeah. that, that ticker only goes up when the whole pool gets yeah. drained. Um, so another thing to pool, consider yeah. is that you know if you place one bid in twenty percent pool or higher, and that gets hit, you only need that to get hit once in an entire year for you to be Justified. better off than yeah than than putting your, your money into anchor. Exactly. And that's yeah, that's point. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's more so that I just want more Kuji. I'm just very greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's going to exactly like bread. Yeah, I I think that's what's going to happen, and it's going to be like anything else. It's like when you miss a really good like if you're a DJ and you and you miss a token and it just takes off. I think it's going to. I think people are going to. That's going to happen, and people are going to go. Oh, you know, bugger, like. Like I say, it's a strange thing because you're almost like being upset because the downside was too great. <laughs> so um, it's, it's sort of like an evil tool, I suppose, that we've built here in a way, but um, a necessary evil, I suppose. I think I think that dip is going to happen and there's going to be like, ah, oh, bugger, you know, I, I should have probably had a had a bit of a play at 20%. Yeah. Let me get, uh, we'll, we'll do a few more questions. I'll try to get to a few people and then we could maybe try to break just because... Uh... I don't want to drag you guys' time. We didn't really actually plan out how long this is going to be, but it's been an hour and 20. Um, yeah. A lot of people are loving the, the discussion. Um, uh, Sage, uh, you had your hand up for a second there. You want to chime in? Thanks. Yeah. So just all of the talk about the data, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is that why did it sort of become a bit like a double slit experiment where 
us looking at the data and us all seeing the data is going to make it change. And if you guys put, sort of put into any thought into what's going to happen and how people's behaviors are going to change when you show us all of the data on how it's currently working. Um, yeah, for sure. So I think when people, okay, so it kind of comes back to, to what CFI said again, right? Like he thought that, you know, this, this 4% would be, you know, and, and rightly so what, what he said was, was perfectly accurate. People, people don't know what, what, what this will do. They don't really know how big these dips will go. Yeah. Now we've got a, we've got a tiny bit of, um, shall I say, not data, we've got a tiny bit of experience around it. I think people now can say, oh, okay, roughly calculate in my mind, okay, got to 9%. And I, you know, you can, you can make your own strategies. But I think what's going to be a lot more potent is when people can, can see it mapped out. I mean, James has been working with this um, intensely over the last, I think, three or four days now, pretty much this whole week. So just, James, just, Correct. Just jump in if there's something that I'm missing. But I think when you have this mapped out, like in front of you and you're going, okay, like this was the price at that time. This was the price, the exact price difference. This was the exact premium that it hits. I mean, you can imagine you're getting a far, far, far more accurate way. James, I don't know if you just want to chime in on what you've been seeing. Uh, sorry, or, I don't or if that I'm sounds good. good. I don't think I've got a lot to add at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. Through the data, uh, it's an interesting question in general, though. Um, the kind of game theoretic element of the whole bid strategy, and I think you see it already because you have a certain amount of data and you can see where the other bids are. But uh, yeah, it'll be a whole new layer once you can sort of second guess what other people's strategies might be as well as just what they're doing right now. I might uh, comment briefly on, uh, you know, if, if you everyone has noticed, you know, there has been a, like, periodically you're getting these interesting discounts on the uh, Luna to bonded Luna uh, conversion, right, on, on TerraSwap. And sometimes it seems weird that, like, the discounts are as deep as they are. But, you know, my suspicion is what may be happening is like, let's say, for example, I win a bid on, um, let's say I win a bid on Kajira and I have now, you know, made one of those 10% discount bids. But then I have to, but my interest in that situation is to sort of take that discount and sell my Luna at which essentially is a higher price, right? Because I've gotten a discount price. And if I sold it immediately, then I would essentially make a theoretically a 10% profit. The problem is I can't do that because, um, well, number one, there is some fee that's going into uh, Kajira because I've, I've got to pay that uh, fee. But then I also can't just simply arbitrarily sell BLUNA that easily without converting it back. That may be driving some of the discounting of Luna to be Luna because people are going in the opposite direction. And that you know, might be 2% or so. So if I made a 10% profit or 10% discount, uh, I may be paid a 1% Kajira fee and then I paid another like 2% for the bonded Luna to Luna transfer, then I could still pocket 7% by selling Luna immediately in that situation in theory um, or something along those lines. And so I was just thinking about that from the perspective of, you know, what's interesting about you getting bonded Luna is it's not as easy to sell immediately too, um, as say, for example, if you got Luna and to pocket that um, discounted difference. So it creates sort of like a holding pressure for bonded Luna in some, in one way um, that, uh, you know, by because it's harder to sell. 
Does that, does that make sense for everybody? I, it's an interesting thing yeah. there. Yeah, totally. One Let me thing get, to just go ahead. Yeah. So I was just going to say one thing to add there too, um, when you were talking about those those discounts and percentages and that, is usually when these bids get filled, the the price decline of of Luna, for example, it's usually sort of tapering off once those those high pools get hit. You know, it's dropped, call it five ten percent or something like that, and these these pools are getting emptied. So you're buying the discounts of, on the price of Luna at that time. And then what happened the other day is the price shot up, it almost doubled. So you've bought a discount on that bottom price, and then the price of Luna is a lot higher by the time you sell it. So that discount you're getting is actually like super. It's it's a lot more than than the discount of that of that pool, essentially. Right. The delta is um, magnificent for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty damn cool when it happens. Yeah. Especially yeah, I mean, when it pops yeah. afterwards. And that's the funny thing too, if everyone understands like how crypto works, you know. At, right after massive leverage liquidations, you typically have a large up move, um, and uh, oftentimes that happens for well, that happens for a variety of reasons. But the the primary reason in my mind is because most people feel like the leverage longs have been sort of like terminated, and the downside after a big drop starts to in- decrease logarithmically with the fall in the price of an asset. So you see, like crypto tends to jump a lot from bottoms. Like you know, most things will jump twenty to thirty percent. Um, just, you know, at the snap of a finger off of bottoms, which is why I'm always trying to bottom feed. I'm always looking for bottoms 24-7 in a sense. And that's why uh, sort of Kajira, the concept, speaks to me. <laughs> but uh, let me pop on uh, like cute sun baby. <laughs> as, and, I, and I apologize. Some people have had like multiple questions. I'm trying to get like as many folks in here as possible as, as in terms instead of just uh, like having some one person with 10 questions. So uh, cute baby go can you hear me go ahead yes you're good thanks for having me uh question that i have is i know it's a bit early but when does the team anticipate allowing uh kuji uh holders to submit their own governments uh, governance proposals I, I really like the fact that you incentivize uh, uh what do you call it uh holders to vote so obviously i i, I can see a path where uh users will be ev- uh, eventually able to submit their proposal so my question is uh, what is the expected timeline as to when we will be able to do our own proposal? Like, <clears throat> yeah, uh, good question. Um, uh, I, I, the, the, the straight answer is I'm not sure. Um, and that's only because right now we are we're working super hard on some of these Orca updates because we believe they're important. But we are going to be basically, uh, yeah, I think probably from next week, we'll probably start fleshing out some design stuff around it. Um, we want to think pretty clearly. I want to get some advice around this, to be honest, from 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 some you know from from some people that we really trust, um, just in terms of like the best way to go around it. So yeah, I don't want to. I'd hate to kind of bullshit you and say, oh, this is the timeline. But yeah, I don't see it taking us very long. It it is a priority um, for for many reasons. So yeah, I, I mean yeah, I, as I say, I don't I don't want to try and give you a date and then we let people down but it, it is a priority so we we will be cracking on with it that solves it thank you no worries cool. uh, bitmate what's up man hey guys um just going right back to what you were saying about the metrics of be luna luna um so yeah you're kind of right but really the the, the very basic issue is right liquidity 
right? <laughs> so the problem being is that there's just not enough liquidity in B Luna, right? If we had more liquidity, that spread would tighten. So, you know, ideally is like Astro and some other places start getting more of those LP pairs. And also, you know, who knows about what Whale's doing exactly, but if they are really doing flash loans, um, and, you know, instantaneous collateral loans to ARB that, that seriously should add some liquidity behind it and start to mitigate that. That's really the only thing that, in my mind, I can see mitigate that issue is just getting more getting that volatility between those pairs down. And that really is getting more liquidity behind it to tighten that, that bid ask up. Yeah, sure. True, true, true. Um, let me see if anybody here that I've met, one second here, there's a couple of folks waiting. Let's see if they can, we can get them in here. Um, let me get on Frederick first. He's been waiting a little bit longer. And then Nick after that, Frederick's coming on here in a second. Yeah. Frederick, you there? Hey, yeah. Hey, thanks for hosting and uh, for hosting a space and congrats for the successful launch. Um, I just want to know about the ten minutes wait for the order because sometimes I forgot to activate my bits for more than a day. You know, could I know the reason why that feature was put in place? Yeah, sure. Um, it's a it's a it's a contract restriction rather than uh, something that we built into the app. So we we just we we just made it look as pretty as possible, if that makes sense. Um, but so the reason for it is before the contract was built in a first come first serve fashion. And what this does is it prevents, if you have to bid, the bid locks in your bid amount. And then 10 minutes later, you activate that bid. What that means is that you can't get bots, you know, flying around too quickly, just taking, just moving at the very last second and taking the, the best possible um, position. So, yeah, it's it's literally just an anchor contract uh, restriction. Oh, and just, uh, along that same line, is the so you know where there's that little timer sometimes where you're trying to activate? Yeah. That timer is based on what? Is it random? Is it like, is it based on some schedule? What, what's going on there? The time, the countdown. The countdown, yes. Yeah, yeah, no. So that's literally just 10 minutes from when you click the bid, right? Uh, it's just a, a 10 minute countdown. Okay, straight up. it's always just, 10 yeah. minutes. Always 10, yeah. yeah. So that Sorry. 10 minutes um, activation actually, if the, if the total pool size of, of um, bids is less than $5 million, that 10 minute activation um, is canceled. And that's, that's, again, that's part of Anchor's um, contract. Um, so obviously if there's a massive liquidation event um, then it allows you to, you know, if that pool gets eaten up, people can then jump in and, and stick their bids, you know, you, you know what my, I might 30% or something like yeah, that. What point, I might suggest yeah. to the team, just because that seems to be such a common question, is have one of those little, like, you know, eye with a circle around it, info yeah. links right there, and just explaining what the heck is going on here. Because uh, it seems to be like a super common question as far as, like, why is this here? Like, what's the deal? And I, yeah, I probably great point. And such, but people usually don't get that far, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, fair play. Yeah. Sorry. So, so you're saying that it's a anchor protocol um, contract or something, but would it be yeah. possible to make it automatic? No. It, it, yeah, only because um, it requires an action, an action, you know, like an it's like a blockchain transaction. So the only way to do that is to push a button and put your password in 
to uh, the you know the Terra station extension. So yeah, unfortunately, I know we know it's a pain, but um, we are working on uh, Telegram notifications. So that 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 should be pretty sweet. Like we we're definitely aware of it. We'll as you, as you guys have said, we'll make it more obvious in the UI as to why it happens, and then we will. Um, yeah, we 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 do have uh, the browser notification, but again, understand people often don't have that turned on, and if you don't have you you don't have the window in focus. But yeah, so we think that the Telegram route might be pretty cool. So yeah, we'll keep on improving that whole process. But unfortunately, it is just it must be done kind of thing. And uh, Nick, uh, you want to hop on? And by the way, guys, uh, if you have uh, if you're pressed for time or have to go as a team or whatever. Uh, feel free to cut it short at any time. I'll just kind of like, yeah. I'll grab uh, uh, speakers as long as I have time. <laughs> yeah, I reckon another 10 minutes or so. It sounds good. Yeah, we're always sure. happy to help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, uh, you were there? Yeah, I am. Thanks. Uh, thanks. As a relative noob here, um, it's amazing how much information I can gather on by just listening to everybody ask questions. I apologize. I got a little, uh, I got on a little late, so if my question's redundant. I apologize in advance. Originally, when the app had opened, um, there was like an incentive to stake uh, in the UST pair and that if you got to a certain amount, uh, you might get access to um, uh, information that would sort of help you advise which, you know, where to best put your bids in. Is yeah. that still, is that still coming or is that something that, that, uh, or what other things will be coming up in the future to incentivize people to, to stake liquidity on the on the app, or is that something that you're shifting away from? No, no, definitely, it's 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 probably going to become um, the biggest focus for us. So, um, and James said this earlier. It, we do have it right now. It's not a high amount. It's 200 LP tokens. If you look in the bottom left of the app um, analytics, but you know those analytics we realized, and that's why we have a, a lower staking requirement because you know if if you if you know what you're doing and i mean it with respect like you know then you can get some useful information out of that but granted if you're not like a power user and you don't have a good understanding of you know ltv and all the rest of it it might it might look a bit strange but but you know having said that we do have people that are getting some some you know some really good information out of those out of those tables and graphs you know you can see uh, the recent liquidations, the the prices of of the asset at the time, um, but yeah, this is the massive overhaul that we're currently doing. It's just that it's not been. You would think that oh, well, surely we can just grab the you know the pool at the time and the price and stuff. It, it's just really not the case. But yeah, Mr. James is working on that, obviously in conjunction with the rest of us UI engineers um and yeah that's a massive focus nick that's that's Not, the, the and the nick, keep, answer, yeah. keep in mind from just like a like if you think about it from a trading perspective like what kujira is doing doesn't automatically mean you'll get the absolute best price for luna at the moment you want it right because like th think about it like look right now i think luna's at 70 bucks i have choices right i could just buy spot luna I could put an order in Kajira and hope that I get a discount, but that discount may not happen till Luna hits $80. Right. And then, it, then you yeah. have a drop. So there's no guarantee like in any situation that you're going to get the absolute best price regardless of system. I think you just have to decide like what that tool is doing for you. And no matter how many analytics Kajira can give you, 
if they could predict the future, well, they would be yeah. they're telling us everything. They just sort of just go make a zillion dollars, right? So like, the, so like anything that seems like too good to be true from a future prediction standpoint, um, like it's impossible. So uh, I think that should be kept in mind with any kind of, even with analytics and such, um, it helps you, but it doesn't make you like perfect in some way. Yeah, it, we think it's going to get people a lot closer, though. Like, you know, but yeah, 100%, you're right. Yeah, it creates like a guidance uh, principle, essentially. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's it. Helps. But it, basically, we want to help people make their own um, strategies of how they're going to use the tools too. So, you know, we can, we can show everybody as much information as we can. But at the end of the day, you know, like everybody's been speaking about today, everybody has different strategies of how they're going to, how they make money and how they you know, adverse to risk and everything that they're, they're going to be. Um, right. So we really hope that, that the, the analytics are, are going to do that rather than, you know, hold, hold your hand and say, this is what you have to do. Right, exactly. I think any, uh, any system that, like, tells you exactly what to do um, is not ever going to be – well, each system that you create has certain risk and time profiles and time horizons and whatnot, and that's what uh, – people get confused about, I think. Um, Luis, uh, you there? Yes, hi. Thank and your connection is kind of spotty there. Oh, try try again out? real quick. Yeah, you're better. Yeah, okay. All right, so based on the stats that you guys have at the moment, back in May, we saw uh, Bitcoin drop about 50%, really rather quickly, uh, which meant every, everything else dropped. Luna, I think, dropped about 70%. Um, I know that the liquidation mechanism is different now, obviously, with you guys in the game. So based on the stats that you have, would you say that if we see another potential dip from Bitcoin at 50%, that Luna is not going to drop that much, obviously? And and would you have any stats to kind of say, hey, it's probably only going to drop 30 20% based on what we're seeing and and, and how the, our, the Kajira um, liquidation bars look at the moment um yeah good question i think um but probably the, the the reason we wouldn't really know is just because we don't have enough data on the new contract right so it's sort of one of those things where if the 50 percent drop in bitcoin happens we'd like to think that we're going to fare better because of the, the liquidation system that we have um, but who knows, um, you know, I, I, what, what I think we have seen is the resilience has become a little bit better. Um, we, 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 we touched on it earlier, but we would hope that, you know, I mean, you're going to get sentimental market sell-offs regardless, right? There's no real way around that. But I think the hope is that the, the system that's been created and the fact that there's going to be a wider spread of these premiums given all the way from zero to 30% and everyone with their different strategies, we would sincerely hope that it makes Luna fare better. But yeah, I mean, Luis, I'd hate to, I'd hate to stand here and say that for sure. You know, we just, now, we just don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. Having been there uh, at, during those liquidation events in May or whatever. Now keep in mind um, some, some significant portion of the liquidations uh, don't occur on anchor, right? Like if you think about Luna, What's happening in liquidation events is people have a lot of money in Bitcoin. They have a lot of money in Ethereum. And what they're essentially doing is they're, whether it's on DeFi platforms or on centralized platforms, they, they look at that as sort of their war chest to borrow off of in, in various ways. 
And so you get this, like, the reason why you get cascading liquidations in general is because people are just taking on too much leverage with their existing assets, their collateral falls in value, and now they have to sell the underlying assets. This is one of the reasons why altcoins tend to fall more than BTC and Ethereum when things drop. And that's also where the opportunity is. And you know for sure if Bitcoin drops, the altcoins will drop more because of this sort of mechanism. This will continue to happen until, let's say, for example, Luna's um, you know, market cap starts approaching what's closer to Ethereum and such. So, um, which, you know, I'm hopeful that that will start to, will, will trend in that direction is my, my intuition over the next couple of years. Now, keep in mind that like a lot of the liquidations are happening on places like Binance, BitMEX, uh, like yeah. any number of, you know, whatever, you know, all sorts of different locations. And um, they resonate throughout all of the, the oracles. And essentially you get these crazy dumps. If you look at, uh, for example, KuCoin, you guys are lucky we didn't see KuCoin's price uh, come into the anchor liquidations. <laughs> Otherwise, most <laughs> of us would have been screwed because I think the price almost dropped to 30 bucks the other day um, when there was that crash. And so some of those people on leverage, you know, there's not enough li- there's not enough liquidity on some of those chains, but they're connected via Chainlink and other oracles and can really, really like um, depending on how quickly those sudden liquidation prices translate um, across to the rest of the oracles. You could have like really weird liquidation numbers. Like I remember back, I uh, remember what year it was, 2018, I think it was, or I'm starting to lose track now. I'm getting old. But anyway, like back, back uh, what uh, happened with, I remember Kraken, like the price of Bitcoin dropped like 80% one day with this sort of like fat finger wick and something happened and, and you know, you saw this wild swing across the Bitcoin market because of like one uh, exchange here and there. So no matter what uh, Kujira does, no matter what, um, you know, no matter what like type of planning you have, uh, you can't in the crypto markets, especially in low liquidity situations, everyone should be aware that there is that dumping risk where you can have just like, no matter how conservative you think you are with your LTV, it can drop more than what you think, right? That's why me personally, I, you know, I tend to use lower, um, uh, like LTVs on Anchor, and I tend to have a lot of bonded Luna in waiting to sort of like park there if I need to, uh, you know. So that's just my technique because I know how these systems work, um, and that's why I tend to be a little more gun shy on leverage. Um, so anyway, that's just my <laughs> not financial yeah. advice, financial advice kind of thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that answers that question, Luis. Uh, and yeah. let's see, do we have anybody else here? I think there's, uh, let's see, Neo was waiting a bit. Let's see if we have time for him uh, or her. Neo, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Thanks for <clears throat> giving opportunity. And uh, just have one question. So uh, is it possible that uh, when we, the bid we put on the uh, Kojira go field, can we like uh, automatically put it back to our anchor follow? So what happens like building last, uh, Flash crash, my anchor uh, LTV is like going to fifty nine percent. I almost got liquidated myself, but in the same time, some of my bids got filled on the Kojira. So I'm wondering if it is possible, like we can put the bid got filled on Kojira side and put it back to the anchor. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I don't I, think I, that's possible. I think no. it's the same problem that you had before is it's a new contract. Yeah, yeah. It would be yeah, it would be in, it would be interesting but no, that 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 wouldn't be doable just because of, you know, just because it's buried deep in this in this contract. 
Um, what you know, what uh, maybe a conversation might be uh, to have is the type of thing he's asking for is actually extremely like theoretically helpful. And I asked the same thing definitely. of the next. I asked the same thing of the Nexus people, and and the thing I asked them was, okay, like I tend to move my bonded luna over to Nexus so that I can earn something while my bonded luna is sitting in wait. Because I tend to keep extra bonded Luna for the purposes of like applying as collateral when I need it. And, um, you know, I don't tend to convert that over because of the time it takes. And I want to have it available in case I want to avoid liquidation. But my question to them was like, you know, is there a way to create a vault where, you know, it like, you know, provides collateral back automatically to your primary anchor? And I think they would have the same problem that you would and that it requires a new contract to deposit on anchor, uh, provide collateral on anchor. I think a lot of these uh, sort of automated um, questions and, and, and stuff are, are really great, but I think a lot of them would be solved if we would then become sort of custodians of funds, um, right? sort of like an intermediary, you know, we take your funds, we can do all these, these things with that, because then it's not, you know, we signing these contracts all the time. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that becomes another risky thing for, for everyone. It's risky for us. It's risky for a user and, and, and their uh, minds and everything. But you know, it's definitely worth discussing these these type of ideas and and seeing how we can automate things. Because I think what Neo between contracts, yeah, what Neo's describing is essentially a workflow that a lot of us end up having. Um, and I think when you look at it from user workflow, that's sort of like a either pain point or a like problem to solve in theory. And you just sort of like. Uh, figure out how to <laughs> make yeah. those solvable in theory, but it's yeah. a great, it's a great idea. Um, you know, uh, in terms of managing your own risk, if you can sort of just <clears throat> recollateralize yourself by liquidating others, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the simpler you, know. you make these things, the more likely they're going to be used too, right? Because you can see the use case immediately, the way he describes it. Definitely. Yeah, fair play, Neil. You know, and the good news is, I don't think I don't think anything's off the table. You know, it's not like the contracts can't ever be updated. Um, we're in constant talks with Anchor, um, and they they're super open to stuff. I mean, what they said to us, um, just so everybody knows, uh, this isn't nothing is really set in stone. You know, um, all they wanted to do is just let it be running. On mainnet, of course, uh, we've now had all these. I think I think people can see that both the contracts and Orca have been a, have been a big step forward. Um, but it's like anything; it's like Columbus; it's like all of these things. Uh, nothing is set in stone, and and if more people, that's why this discussion is is great because it's going to it's going to bring about change. Um, and you know, whether it's through governance or just through us sort of speaking directly to them or a combination of both um the good news is is that we will keep improving you know the contracts already improve massively um and it and it will keep doing so much like the entire terra ecosystem has so yeah really really good point man um so, so yeah but i think yeah as i say i just want to make it clear that none of this is like oh bugger it can't happen it'll never happen we we take note of all of this yeah these are i think all the like just workflows that 
on a wish list, so to speak. And I, we're not saying like all of them can be accomplished. It's more a question of like, these are things that we would use, you know, like, so that makes sense. And a lot of times these automations don't seem intuitive to people up front because, you know, like Steve Jobs used to say, like, you know, making things simple is hard, you know, but once yeah. you make them simple, people are going to utilize them a lot more than they, you, than they think they are because you're creating a situation where they might not even considered that possibility. And now you're creating a solution that they, you know, people haven't thought of. And, and it seems yeah. elegant after the fact, but it takes a lot of work in the background to create the process, you know, and make it happen. Yeah, totally. And a lot of thoughts and like this, like what we're doing now. So yeah, exactly. But yeah, anything is possible. Uh, yes. and Every, everything super retained. simple on the surface is actually much harder in the background than it, it might totally. think to yeah, people. Yeah. But yeah. uh, let's get Hikari last. And then I think we will break because uh, um, there's a lot of people wanting to ask questions and such, but these things do go on forever to some extent. <laughs> so yeah. Hikari, go um, ahead. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, thank you for uh, taking the time to be answering all the questions. And I do apologize if this is a redundant question. I did show up a little late. Um, as I as I read through the light paper, um, I saw that you guys were planning to have B Soul as well. Um, I'm just kind of curious as to what the roadmap looks for other um, you know chains or for other decentralized apps and um, how big you guys plan to grow um, you know in the area of finance and extending these discounted prices of being able to purchase um, for our, the retail investor. Yeah. Good question. Um, so when it comes to how often uh, the B assets will come along, um, we know the guys, we've chatted to the guys that are actually making this happen. Um, it's quite a process. Um, I don't know much about it personally, you know, uh, but I do know that, you know, they're working pretty tirelessly on it. I know that B soul is pretty imminent. I, I, as I say, it, it, we don't have any real way or control around that process to be able to answer, but if I could I'll speak about the B assets, first of all, on Anchor and then move to the other stuff. Um, when it comes to the B assets, you know, <clears throat> without giving a timeline, I think it's I think it's it's pretty much a given that there's going to be more and more. Right. Because you can see the success of, um, you know, even B East. And you even if you look at Orca, you can see that you can watch that pool growing. And I think it's going to be massively exciting just on the B asset side, I personally believe that there's there's a real opportunity there kind of being missed. Okay, obviously, we're talking about it from a liquidations perspective, but the two go hand in hand, right? If there's, if there's more of the asset to be gained on Orca, that means that there's more of the asset being, you know, bonded in the first place. So those those two things go hand in hand. When it comes to the stuff we can control, um, which is how aggressively we go out and market ourselves to other chains, that uh, I, I, like I, I'll, I'm going to be pretty bold and say that our our goal is basically to be the de facto place that people bid for liquidations in DeFi. Um, yes, there'll probably be some competition that comes up. Um, I think being first to market and having these amazing case studies is is a massive thing. Um, uh, we've we're now at the point where money markets are coming to us, which I think is fantastic. You know, it obviously it, it proves that that it's working. Um, as mentioned earlier, already in pretty advanced talks with a money market on Polkadot, and what's pretty cool is we did a tweet. Uh, I don't know, was it last night or the night before about how this 
beef is um you know it should be it should be more out there like more people should know about it and it was pretty interesting because i had said to i'd said to people like get some get some ethereum thought leaders in 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 this thread you know um and it was amazing like you could see the hesitancy um it, I, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but, you know, he's obviously quite big in the game. He's got, whatever, 20 or 30,000 followers. And, you know, he does a lot of stuff around ETH. And he was asking me questions in a stream. And at the end, he just did like a, you know, like a kind of thumbs up. He like, well done um, sort of emoji or, or a GIF or something. So I guess I'm saying all of that because we're realizing that if you if you just break down the walls like if you if you just say hey you know this is how it works and you show the process even those sort of like maxi guys you know that are hardcore in their space you know i think the ethereum guys tend to be like that and probably anyone you know i think even us lunatics are like that um we're very protective of our ecosystem but just to try and make what i'm saying shorter it it's 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 our, our goal is to as i say like we believe that the first step is selling the contract selling selling the anchor we call it the anchor style liquidation contract because you know that's where it started that we and we don't believe it's a hard sell you know we, we go to these other money markets and these other blockchains and say hey guys would you rather it works like it does now where you have whatever five to seven bots slurping up tens of millions of dollars and dumping them on the open market and everybody in your in your network is crying because they got liquidated and there's literally no upside or <laughs> what do you think about this you make the contract fair you make it you know kind of like this where it's spread out people get liquidated and i mean on on the 4th of december it it like even we even had comments from people that were liquidated that they were happy that at least there was something like kujira out there because you know the the whole community was a bit more upbeat about the whole thing so I think, you know, it's not, we don't, I don't think it's going to be a particularly hard sell. And that's the point. So yeah, um, very long answer to your question, but I get really pa uh, passionate about that one in particular, because there is literally no reason why we can't consult with any money market on any blockchain and say, this is the way your contract should be working. And if your contract works like that, then Orca is almost ready to go out of the box, barring wallet connections to metamask and little semantics like that um the rest of it will feed through and work much in the exact same way yeah that was some exciting, incredible exciting, exciting times yeah exciting times <laughs> yeah Thanks. um did you have by the way uh for, on the anchor side just in case you have any alpha to spill do you, have you heard anything new from them as far as like when you know other bonded assets are going to appear i know there's been plenty of talk about them whether it's Adam or otherwise, um, anything. Yeah. I wish I had. Uh, I wish I had an answer, <laughs> but I think Ryan would kill me if I tried to spill something and I was completely off. But okay. um, yeah, I'm happy to. Um, I'm happy to chat to the guys and see what I can, what what we can find out. Um, and as or, or maybe else, a different yeah. way to ask that question would be: Do, do you have any uh, idea yet, like which assets? are currently like prioritized and you know where where that's i'm curious where that's going yeah I mean, I, maybe donku knows he was talking with anchor folks on on the yeah maybe donku would be better um I, I, we've all just been i uh, so buried in, in in getting the semantics of this right so just so j just before donku potentially says something um just so everybody knows like the way that 
that that um, Orca has been developed is that pretty much any time a, a, a new B asset comes along, I don't want to say it literally is instant, but it's all but instant. It's like, okay, cool, cool, configure, go. So okay. because of that reason, I think we've been concentrating less on which ones are coming and how best to facilitate them. Um, but right. yeah, Donker, if you have any alpha for us, do spill, man. He was here a minute ago. He might have stepped up. Uh, it's kind of a weird okay. time for him, I think. So he tries yeah, to get yeah. some of these morning ones sometimes. <laughs> but uh, well, again, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been great having everybody. What I'll do is, um, if there's folks that have um, just either arbitrary questions for me or otherwise, I'll, I'll maybe take a you know a couple more here. Just but if you guys have to go, certainly um, you know go ahead. But let me pull Marchi on here, um, and. Uh, at some point, I've got to jump in the shower and go to work. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should just do this in the shower, you know, kill two birds <laughs> yeah. with one stone. You'll hear like water like in the background. And shit. Um, Marching you there. Hi, guys. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to ask, I don't know, maybe it's a dumb question, but um, is there any place where it's easy to find uh, details on the tokenomics of the Kuji token? Uh, specifically, I don't know, for example, issue rate, inflation rate, and stuff like that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So our light paper is up. Granted, we actually need to make an update to that because we've since added governance. Um, but also, and and actually, it's it's good that you asked that, Marchi, because before heading out, I wanted to just mention that, you know, um, understand that lots of people wanted to ask questions. Feel feel more than free to just like tag us on Twitter. We try to get back to almost everyone that that gets in touch. You know, that's something that we try to pride ourselves on. Also, jump into the Telegram group. Um, yeah, I, 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 that that that's I would say because yeah, you might you might read the light paper but have like a more specific question, and I wouldn't know what that is until you you know until you've actually read it and then gone okay here we go. So please do hop in there. Um, you'll see Kujira dot app. Uh, kujira.app is our website so in the footer of that you can just just i just want to make sure you actually link from there because we've had i mean we've had scam telegram groups and all sorts of crazy stuff so always just make sure you link from our actual website and then yeah feel free anyone in here um just ask away uh, join us in there you know we, we try to like be, be responsive to everyone and dub it also helps to kind of like uh you know, maybe like do those responses when people ask on your like public Twitter as opposed to like DM, because that way everyone sees those responses and it's agree. Like, yeah, you can get more reach out of the get more reach yeah. out of the typing that you do. <laughs> uh, I, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a good point. You know, join us on the Telegram if you want to sort of banter and backwards and forwards about a particular topic. But if it's like, hey Kujira, we have this specific question. Yeah, maybe just just tag us on Twitter. Exactly, Sifar. That's that's a that's a great point, and yeah, we'll we'll answer there. Nice one. Cool. Uh, let me get Hubert maybe last here, uh, and uh, go ahead. Uh, hi, uh, I know everybody's asking about uh, auto selling, uh, and I understand that that would just create more liquidations. And I know a lot of people are asking about using uh, AUST, and I know that that's not possible. Or difficult because of the contract, but uh, what about rather than creating auto selling at the market using the market price? What if we could sell 
the B Luna or B ETH that we get by placing a limit orders. So the way I see it is, for example, like in a Kujira uh, interface, I can choose uh, to get B Luna, for example, at five, four and five, and then some other at six, seven percent. What if I could do the same with auto selling, but uh, not using the market price, which would cascade the price going down, but using the uh, limit uh, orders. And then I could also choose like, for example, to sell at 4% profit or 5% profit and then 10% profit. And also I was thinking that we could have almost the same uh, user interface for those uh, auto selling and create the pools. So for example, if I wanna sell with 10% profit and many other people wanna do the same, then uh, Kujira could, uh, as an app, uh, place those orders, but not all of the all of the um, Biluna, just to you know, sort of kind of flow the market, but place those uh, limit orders with smaller batches. So once this batch gets sold, then we could put another batch, and so on and so on. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yes. Um, and will you take this one? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that might, that's you know, it's a it's a great strategy. That definitely. Um, again, that's um, would require us taking custody of your funds again. So it would would require re, re, sorry, excuse me, require another contract, sort of sitting in between the two, in between the the, the UI and the liquidation contract to manage that, holding your funds, waiting for the correct price, and then selling it. Because we we obviously not a, a a centralized exchange um <clears throat> so it would need to wait for the price to change and sell it um but yeah i mean i guess I'd, again it comes down to personal strategy right um and and risk management um so while i think it's a really good idea it's again it's it's us taking um custody of your funds uh performing sales and everything on that which you know again becomes a bit more risky um but yeah all these ideas are great and they're definitely things that are worth discussing and and potentially looking into what what hubert is essentially uh describing is is what i talk about a fair amount which is essentially a grid bot is what he's talking about and what that is is it's like you it's like increments of buys and sells and then the machine is sort of doing that in the background nonstop. it tends to be uh, the relatively a grid bot tends to be a little bit more of a bearish idea in the sense that you want to sort of play the range but you don't um you're, you're essentially selling on the way up to some extent or the other and that's really what he's describing and then you can yeah. you know, grid bots can be done in like an um essentially arithmetic manner so let's say the price of an asset's a dollar two dollars three dollars it's like even even increments or you could have like a percentage based so each each higher um grid is a percentage of the previous so um, that's called a geometric uh, arrangement. So, and then even in addition to that, you can change the value of the buys and sells. So you can go, it's called a prorata grid, P-R-O-R-A-T-A. And essentially what you're doing there is like the deeper the price falls, the more that more of the asset you're buying, like let's say 1% more per grid increment. And then on the way up, you're selling 1% more per grid increment. So uh, Hubert, if you're interested in stuff like that, where I would like, you learn a lot very quickly is if you go to gate.io, G-A-T-E.io, they have a fairly robust um, sort of grid bot architecture and you can sort of see what that means. But 
essentially on a typical grid bot in crypto, I find that you can make approximately 100% to 200% APY nominally on almost any crypto, um, as long as you're comfortable being a, a, a bag holder and waiting on that crypto, because as it goes down, the thing is buying. And as it goes up, it's selling in every single grid increment, it's always buying and selling. So and some of what people are asking for is actually, if they have never used one, is essentially a grid bot. And that's another sort of strategy one can take. Me personally, by the way, this has nothing to do with Trajir or anything else. What, what I will do with those is if I borrow off Anchor, I sometimes will enter like a grid bot. Like I have one running for Litecoin right now. Why? Because it tends to run sideways forever which it probably will indefinitely in my view. And so every time it drops, every time it goes up by 1%, it's always buying and selling. And you know the APY on that volatility, especially if you have a narrow range, uh, you know, runs right 300% APY on that at this moment. So that's a system where like, you know, and if I want to sell it, I can set up that, you know, the grid bot to be relatively bearish, meaning my lower bound is fairly low in terms of the range. And um, then most of my money is sitting in USDT essentially on that bot. And therefore, like, you know, if I decide I need to cancel that to go pay off my anchor loan, then I could do so at any time. So anyway, not financial advice, whatever, but like you, you, may, you may learn a few things by playing on that and seeing what it does. Yeah, interesting. And so that, it, that's, by the way. Can I just ahead. say, yeah. Uh, um, my question actually came from using uh, that bot. I'm using uh, that bot trading BTC and uh, and uh, Luna, for example, okay. uh, or BTC and uh, Atom and and uh, yeah and and few others like uh, BTC and Ether. So I know that it works well, and I see you know I, I thought because I see, like I said I see you know literally on Telegram group where, where I am. Uh, in Kujira, I, I see you know hundreds of people asking that question: Can we use AUST or can we auto sell? But uh, yeah, we need to understand that that would just create a, a more a price drop, and that wouldn't really be meeting Kujira purpose of making right. the Luna more stable. But well, what, because what I'm I've, using that, what I've talked yeah. about a little bit actually is what I'd like to see is I'd like to see a grid bot where on the one side of the equation is AUST, and on the other side of the trade is Luna X, for example. So what, what, why would you want to have that is because the entire time, because if you go on a regular uh, centralized infrastructure, you're using UST, which essentially is earning you nothing while it's sitting there. So if you take a sufficiently bearish position and you have a lot of like, like, you know, UST just sitting there doing nothing is what that ends up doing. Then you're just making nothing off of that. And we know now that anchor yield of 20% is sort of like the base yield. So it almost makes, it makes way less sense to use those centralized exchanges for this. And what I'd like to see someone build, and I've been talking about it a lot, is a, like a, a contract-based grid bot, grid bot vault, where essentially you have, you don't have all those like ridiculous fees that you have on centralized exchanges, number one. But number two, you have you know, the assets that you're trading could be like, you know, Luna X versus AUST. And literally, you're just printing money into the sky. If someone can build this, it's just, it's extraordinarily lucrative, like to, to the extent that I can't even like describe, like how rich you'll be in five years. It's obnoxious. So this was something I was going to say earlier there after this discussion is that, you know, maybe the future for, for Kajira is not to automate everything for the user. But it's rather to create all these tools like you know, a customizable grid bot like, like you've just mentioned and allow the user the option to say, okay, well, I've just bought all these assets on, on Orca. I have another tool that's a click away that I can go and, and put those assets into and, and sure. use those as a different um, 
you know, how I want to handle these these assets once I bought them. Yeah, and, and I think the, the beauty of uh, Terra and just like the contract structure as well, the fee structure in UST is you could really create something like that and um, have a very low fee structure compared to centralized exchanges and give people like extraordinarily like high value. Like, you know, and especially when you have like bonded Atom and bonded uh, Polkadot, uh, where we can actually essentially create like a uh, like if Stater were to create a essentially auto compounding atom and an auto compounding polka dot, then you could do a mixture of what we've talked about today, where essentially like the lottery, where you sort of find the lowest dip on something, and in theory you could have like a combination grid bot, where essentially you're basically buying the cheapest price of everything, and you can like you're also at the same time. Uh, auto compounding the yield inside of that particular coin, uh, and like like Luna X does, and on top of that, your 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 bearish position is an AUST. So it's like no matter what happens, you're making money. It's pretty obnoxious, actually. Like, like it's pretty much can I just can I just jump yeah. in like for one second, one more second? Go ahead, go ahead. Can I just jump in for one more second? So uh, yeah, well the. Um, the, the guy from uh, Kujira team said, sorry, I didn't see the, the name. Yes, like uh, you said from the very beginning, the white paper, you're going to build the apps uh, for people in Luna ecosystem. So I think that uh, automated bot, that would be an amazing addition. And obviously, like, you know, we would have to stake more Kuji to get access to a different app and they would complement each other. So that's amazing. Another quick question I have is, uh, I know that uh, your your uh, your code is open source i believe people have access to that but now, and you also uh, realize that there will be competition for kujira going and reaching out to other blockchains so my question is do you have a certain uh, thing on your code like i think uniswap or some other sushi swap did that uh, other protocols cannot use it for like a year or something do you have kind of you know a protect protection um, yeah, but I'll be honest. Right now, our code. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, man. You cut out, and I think I spoke over you. But uh, um, so I, I got the question. And by the way, um, <laughs> I haven't forgotten about your request for the for the Discord room for ideas. <laughs> Pretty sure you're the same, Hubert. <laughs> yes, I'm the same guy, and yeah, I heavily invested in Kujira. Yeah, love it. Thanks. Awesome, Nick. awesome, awesome. So. I'll be honest, right now we don't, we're not open source. And that's for quite a few reasons. Like what we built isn't, you know, we haven't just gone off and built like <laughs> like a sushi swap or something, you know, that people just typically expect you to be able to come along and copy. Um, fully realize that there's some discourse around that topic. Um, most developers in the community are all about open source. And, you know, we, I don't know, I guess we, we typically are too, but we also feel like, you know, we're building like systems here that are not like they're pretty unique, right? And um, pretty pretty intense, right? Like this isn't just stuff that you can you can whip together. So it's kind of a tricky one, the open source argument. Um, I, I, not that you made that because you're almost saying the opposite. Like, um, but it it, it it actually leads me to that point. And it's probably good to just air this now. Um, there may be parts of our stuff that we open source. We're not sure. We did have a particularly uh, nasty 
sort of breakup um with, with you know with 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 previous like well when we were called something else and you know all the rest of it and frankly we just would rather trust ourselves rather than put our all of the stuff we've worked so hard into the hands of others right now I'm not saying there might be an option so i guess to answer your question no um there there is it, it's not open source at the moment um but yeah, I think if it did, we would certainly have to have some kind of licensing on it because given that it's a it's literally a world first, like no one's ever done this. It, you know, imagine like it's like, hey, I've built the first car, let me just hand it over to you. It just feels a little bit a little bit unique in our case. And I'm I'm sure that many people in here probably and developers would dis disagree. So lucky it was the last question. <laughs> and it's you know, I guess, you know, there's sort of a quasi duty to the um the Kuji holders to make them right, like do well too, right? So it's sort of well, the Kuji holders, the network. You know, I think everyone can agree that like it's 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 been a good thing. So yeah, exactly. I mean, we've got investors, we've got everyone that buys our token is an investor. You know, yeah, we have a duty to these people. We we feel like our duty to them is greater than our duty to publish our code freely. <laughs> you know. Um, I, I I feel personally like that's kind of a fair um, outset, you know, or mindset to have. Um, and again, fully respect that people would disagree. Yeah, the decentralization centralization argument can basically go on essentially forever. Yeah, um, I think people like get certain benefits from centralization, certain benefits from decentralization. They're not like they're not always yeah. mutually exclusive, um, and that's True. what it's. Uh, uh, so each each like token and each uh, business and project or what have you is going to have a slightly different uh, either philosophy or sort of business model for this sort of thing. And that's something that, um, you know, I, I think it is what it is. And people should decide to say, like, get involved with Kuji token or not based on whatever their particular you know, uh, philosophy is. And that's it, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I, I respect. I mean, I'm. I'm a developer myself, uh, you know, and I, I, I do. I respect both sides of that argument, honestly. Just in this case, with our particular business model, and given everything that you've said now, and what I've said around the core business and and all that, um, yeah, I think it. We feel it probably makes sense to just just play it cool for a little bit longer. Well, cool. It's yeah, this is great, a, this uh, is. Sorry, yeah, just just wanted to say that from a investor and uh, Kuji, you know, believer. This is exactly what I wanted to hear because, you know, there is all this talk about possibility of moving to other blockchains. And obviously with you having an exclusive, you know, uh, rights or access or ideas about this code or this mechanism, that really makes me very happy and, you know, probably jumping on and getting more Kujira today. Thanks. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, great having everybody. Thanks for uh, you know, I'm just nobody basically. I just wanted to kind of I've been doing some talks like these and um hopefully the the my line of questioning and uh sort of like ideas hopefully rub off somewhere because I don't really need to, you know, I'm I'm pretty free with giving away ideas for, you know, building things or whatever. I I'm, I don't really have any interest in becoming a developer, but I would like to see a lot of this cool stuff develop that, you know, ideas come up and it, it's going to make the the Terra blockchain more interesting, more value for people, and ultimately, you know, my thinking is is that the easier it is for normies to use, the the better off we're all going to be. <laughs> so yeah, that's it, man. Great. It's been great having yeah. everybody, and uh, 
uh, yeah, everyone have a good day. Yeah, cool. thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much, and thanks, thanks all for listening in, taking the time. We 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 genuinely do appreciate it. Feel free to join us on in any channels you feel free, uh, feel fit. Thanks a lot again. Cool. Bye, guys. Cool. Bye, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ether. That was CFI hosting the future of Kajira with Team Kajira. Recorded on Thursday, December 9th, 2021. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Watching these debates like what a bunch of noise when the illusion of choice outmaneuvers your voices. No one really knows what the fuck is going on here. Sitting in the bunker, waiting for the all clear. It's like we're getting steered towards the motherfucking iceberg. Captain all drunk deciphering where the ice lurks. And we thought 2020 was gonna be a nice year. Living with the plague like who brought the mice here? Try to think of it as another simulation. Game full of bugs but it's still fun to play it. Like we're aliens beta testing earth. Digging in the dirt trying to earn a little girth the beast is silent when it defeats the riders living outside trying to meet this virus if you want to watch it all burn from the sky rise delete the science and increase the righteous living like a jerk return to feed the worms vibing like a tree just breathing out the words be careful outside then police is violent feeling like i finally earned some peace and quiet piece of pie first trying to be the fat kid you least admire feast of fire when the beasts of burden are getting all bored but at least we're certain we found the imposter living among us fussing with hunches another big chungus bludgeon don't worry the fungus will clean up the guts and get us to function on fleeting assumptions i'll see through the rust from rush to rush hour stacked up like a bunch of junk so hush your muck before we stuff your luck and break your fucking neck to this like bust a bust Bleeding impulsive, the meeting controls it When breathing corrosive, no eating the bullshit Feeling the worth like it's gonna be a good year Now we're all tired, stop treading on the work here My style is the best. My style is the best.